Hello, and welcome to episode 131 of the Gaming Fix podcast on July 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite Yankee Candle. I am joined today by Alex. I always had the one that smelled like pine trees. It's a good smell. I like pine trees. Uh, Pat. You want like a nice vanilla cinnamon, like make it smell like like baked goods, but like baked goods you want to eat, but that if you actually ate them, they would be like way too sweet. That's that's my like a Cinnabon candle. Yeah, kind of, but not like a Cinnabon because uh, oh. that's that both smells too sweet and is too sweet to eat. The, the thing so, that just, just like you it disappoints your roommates when they smell it and they go, <gasps> and then yes. like, it's just a candle. <laughs> yes. Yes. The experience okay. should be a way to troll people in addition to a nice smell or that that's for you. Allison. My favorite uh, of the scents uh, is not because they smell good, but because uh, they're very abstract. Uh, I love those abstract candle smells. The ones that are like, catching rays i'm looking on the yankee candle website now <laughs> and you're just like what does this mean smells What's like sunscreen I, yeah i guess but like why do you want that and there's just always some smell like some a sense that you're just like i don't know what this is supposed to smell like and there's something kind of nice about that great erica um what kind of candles do I like? I prefer like a fruitier smell, like a pina colada or a lime, orange. Got to be good. careful with those pina colada candles because the rain keeps putting them out. <laughs> and uh, joining us, a special guest this week from Super GG Radio. We, we've got the hat trick. We've got all the hosts this time joining us. Joel. You've completed the Triforce. Thanks for having me, guys. I, uh... Oh man, you you picked the perfect intro because my wife is a. I, I'm pretty sure she's gonna keep Yankee Candle afloat during the depression here. <laughs> um, have you guys ever remembered uh, four or five years back there was a promotional campaign they did for man candles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so they had like they had like scented bacon, uh, yeah. brass oh. clippings. Because men uh, only like oh. candles that are about like man things. We're Dude, not bro, allowed stuff. to like smells. We're not allowed <laughs> to like other work. smells. That's, that's yes. the only thing in yard work. Like that's, in yard work. That's the only thing that defines us, right? <laughs> Food in yard work is all that we do. So it's all that we can smell. I mean, it's the only thing we can smell. It's like so. thermal, like, like CPU thermal paste. Is there, is there just cold? <laughs> no, that's for nerds. I, I think that's I think somebody in our generation needs to find their way into Yankee Candle before they start doing that new yeah. game smell and uh, <laughs> you know stuff like that. But uh, new game uh, smell. Oh no! Uh, this, this one smells like a switch cartridge tastes. Oh, oh no! no. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, but let, let's say if we're going for abstract things like Allison likes. Let's say you get a new piece of electronic and you're pulling that that plastic off. Let's get the smell oh. of that. Can we get yeah. the smell of uh, reading the game manual in the backseat of your car while your parents drive you home? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> From the Blockbuster video. 
I see. I always rode my bike to our game shop. So <laughs> <laughs> I want a candle that that smells like Mountain Dew tastes. Now there is a gamer candle. You just, you just want a, a candle that smells like Jeff Keeley. What if you What if you did a candle that was like two? It was like split in the middle or horizontally is even better. Mm-hmm. And one smell is Doritos and one smell is Mountain Dew. I th- see. See, I think the Demon World's update upgraded. It has to be a Monster Energy drink now. Maybe. No, but you need it. Like, to, I think you need to have the Mountain Dew and Doritos so that you could have it in the uh, um, display case where they like at Target where they have Mountain Dew, they have Doritos, and they have it's, like and it's the got new... double XP for Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought when you said case, when you said case, in my mind, the idea was that you put the candle in your computer case and then light it. And I was like, oh, oh God, that's interesting. <laughs> no, that's like a you're going to ruin your computer, man. That's as bad as okay. the shaving the CPU. That candle scent <laughs> is just going to be called early onset diabetes. If you truly want to appeal to the most call of duty of dude bros, it needs to be one of those three wick candles. And it's just Mountain Dew, Doritos and weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you imagine smells? I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't buy not. a weed-scented candle because you could. I would just where I live. You can just buy weed, so <laughs> I would just do just that. Like the smell. As someone who does like high. the smell of weed, I would just purchase some weed. Just, as, some, as someone who sits in a legal state, I can smell that every day on my walk. <laughs> yeah, it's like I. I don't like the smell, but like. Same. You know, I don't care that my neighbors are are smoking. But if they, if if I if I found out they were just lighting a candle, I'd be like, "What's the point?" I'd be so <laughs> not to not to dunk on uh, illegal states at all. Um, but uh, the weed that you can get there is usually not as good as the weed that you can get here, so it does not smell as good. <laughs> There's some just, pretty good smelling weed here, or you can just adopt a skunk. That's the thing. It shouldn't smell like that. It does <laughs> in a lot of places. It often you, does. Yeah, so you, that always messed with me growing up because in, in Illinois, it just got legalized last year. But I distinctly remember smelling that smell growing up. And my parents would be like, oh, that's just a skunk. And now my brain is just like, every time I smell something that's clearly something smoking weed, it's just like, I have this internal crisis, just like, is there a skunk nearby or is just somebody getting high right now? <laughs> oh, it's just concert venue smell for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have my many funny stories. Oh, my God. I oh, had well, a, awesome. like a math class in community college and oh, no. there was a tool concert in my town. Hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> like the day after, there was this mom who was in the class. It was an economics class. And she was like talking to someone about going to the tool concert with her like 11 year old son and she's like there was weed smoke everywhere and we had to leave i'm like how are you went to a tool concert in eugene oregon (laughs) you're a big enough tool fan that you go to a tool concert and then you get there and you go weed we're leaving yeah like i (laughs) what you want to hear about a missed opportunity so illinois legalized but didn't make it uh saleable uh or effective until the end of last year uh Mm -hmm. Guess who's who was the main act of Illinois State Fair last year? Afro Man, Snoop Dogg. Okay. <laughs> Not far <laughs> off. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyways, yeah, he doesn't is really he a grandpa yet? Legal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not at all. Remember when he smoked a joint at E3? 
Do you remember when he smoked <laughs> a joint with Spyro the Dragon? What? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was I mean, recent. Technically, he didn't. They didn't actually show that happening, but I assume it did too. He I mean, he definitely lit a joint with the fly with the Spyro drone. <laughs> oh right. Oh, uh, I thought you great. you were ta- you were was... talking about Weed Three, right? Before before the uh, EA press yeah. conference. Uh, yeah, it was a- after he was playing like ba- Battlefield and like yeah. Zac-, Zac Efron and was it? Uh, oh God, who who? Zac Efron also uh, Khalifa was there. Uh, <laughs> who is Jamie Foxx? That was who it was. It was Zac Efron and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that's like, not right. Go find Snoop Dogg, and they looked super high. Anyways, yeah, Yankee Candle's pretty great. <laughs> you know what else is pretty? Do we great? know that? I don't know if that's true. Do you guys have sponsorships with them or something? No, no. I okay. certainly Yankee won't Candle now. sponsor us. I say I wish, but I'm like I don't really even like their candles very much, so. Damn, now we're oh. certainly not going to get sponsored. <laughs> no. no, I love them. They're my favorite. Uh, sponsor us, please. <laughs> no. Allison's going to type is... up an article on the site that says why Yankee Candles suck. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be All fine. Right. I'm fine with that. That would be the uh, weirdest thing to pop up on our website where it's like game reviews, new episode of the podcast, and then suddenly I'm like, here's my op-ed about Yankee Candles and why I hate them. And I'm like, and yep. I don't even hate them, but... Well, you know what? It doesn't suck. Usually, <laughs> video games. I would argue video uh, games suck debatable. most of the time. <laughs> most of the time, damn. I, I might, I might playing, clarify playing and say, them, gamers suck. Yeah, video <laughs> games. Them doesn't who play suck, them. Hopefully, uh, and that's um, us. We all suck. Everybody, good night. <laughs> uh, with two C's. Starting off, someone who definitely doesn't suck, Joel. Ooh. How about you uh, tell us about? We we talked about Superliminal last time, so if you want to, we can follow up on that discussion here. And then yeah, we don't have to go too that. far into it here. Both of mine are probably to be pretty short here, but uh, Superliminal is, I mean, the the cheap and easy answer is it, it reminds me a lot of Portal in, in that there are these a lot of really inventive puzzles. It's a it's a first person not shooter. And you're going through these different regions and solving puzzles, but the main conceit is that. There are items you can pick up in the backdrop, and then you lift them up in the air and drop them, and suddenly they're huge in scale. And then if you pick them up and then go down, they shrink. And then there's just a lot of logic puzzles in uh, sequence. And then there's these sort of like snippets of dialogue that go through that are kind of breadcrumbing a little bit of a story or a lesson that's trying to be told. Uh, you, you know. It is something that I watched uh, Getty play through our Extra Life last year. And, it, you know, I was sort of like punch drunk from no lack of sleep. But I was just like, this is kind of interesting. And I had the opportunity to play it on Switch. And I had a great time with it. It's just a, it's a really, really neat thing. And the pu- puzzles, for the most part, are pretty clever and, and well thought out. And very logical in that, you know, uh, there's a very intentional solution to each problem uh and then it just builds on each other throughout the entire game uh if you're paying attention to it in a nice way uh the only real critiques i have about it are that uh the parts of the game where it is going through like hallways or rooms it it feels like they're trying to make it look like normal rooms and stuff and Comparing it to something like uh, Portal, where 
portal. There were the test chambers. Everything had a clean, stark look with clearly drawn lines. And so, like, even if you play Portal right now, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel dated in the way it looks because of that clean, sharp look. And Superliminal has a little bit of that, like, older first-person shooter look because of the fact that they tried to have, like, uh, furniture in the background and paintings and stuff. And so it makes it look a little more dated in some spots. Totally, totally. Uh, The other part was that the... Later parts of the game, the puzzles did get a little too abstract for me sometimes. Uh, that might have been more of a challenge on my part. But, uh, for example, there's this one room, and I, I hate to spoil too much of this because part of the fun of this game really is just solving the puzzle and having the nice surprise of, you know, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, but one of the later rooms, you're walking through a, a big room with, I think, I think it's white walls around the sides and then the hallway connecting it and if you go through the hallway and walk around you're just walking in a loop each time you realize you're just repeating the same thing over and over uh, uh spoilers for anybody who doesn't want to hear super liminal spoilers but uh the the solution to the problem was walking through that white wall and it would open up a new space for you to go through yeah. and it was just one of those things just like, well, how the hell was I supposed to figure that out? <laughs> uh, have you but, played Antichamber? I have not, no. Yeah, you, you might should love play that. Antichamber if you're liking yeah. Superliminal because they okay. sound similar. Antichamber, you know, Antichamber does, is mind-bending. It does this, this things like that puzzle you're describing, except that they make sense. Like what happens yeah. is you walk around in a circle for like 20 minutes and go, what the hell am I supposed to do? And then when the solution presents itself, instead of going, how would I have figured that out? You go... Oh, of course, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and it's super cool. Yeah, um, this, the, the oh, game sorry. that I played right... Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> um, Go for it. The game that I played uh, right before I played Superliminal last week was Antichamber, actually. So I think I was like <laughs> in that mindset um, mm-hmm. when yeah. I got in there. It, you would like it if you liked the puzzles in Superliminal. Um, my issue with Superliminal was the story, that I didn't like that at all. <laughs> but so Antichamber is definitely a lot less story and a lot more puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for super liminal story, like it's, it's kind of threadbare, right? It's really more about just trying to share the message of like, see things from a different point of view. And you you know, it's, it's really just meant to enforce the kind of logical thinking you're supposed to have uh, throughout the entire game in order to cross each barrier or each puzzle. And, And I did personally, I kind of appreciated it at the end because it felt like, especially at least the, at the conclusion, it kind of ended on like an up note a little bit, but it did feel like sometimes like you, you got the lesson after you figured out the puzzle instead yeah, of totally. before you got to the puzzle. So that would be my, my little gripe yeah. about that. Like you're taking the test before you're getting the lesson for sure. I got yes. a bit of that too. Um, another game you might like is manifold garden. It's kind of similar in that kind of abstract puzzle. Like, wait, what am I doing? Oh God. Wow. Okay, cool. Kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think sorry. I think Alex played that. Our Alex, not yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he liked you, it a lot too. Yeah, but. you guys remember? I remember you guys talking about it too. Um, and Pat, I have a reference for you specifically that I don't think anyone else on this podcast is going to get. But oh every my. time Joel talked about white walls, all I could yep. think was the yep. breakdown from between the buried and me. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I thought you're you right. I don't get that reference. I thought you were going to reference uh, the Mac- the Macklemore song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's, nope, that's not what I was going for. Screaming, I was going, I want to be free. I want to just live as you run headfirst into that wall. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the metalcore song. The Between the Barry and the Beast <laughs> song is significantly better than the metalcore song. Anyways. Oh, that's uh, is pretty hot. That that uh the heist uh, was a was a pretty good album at the it was, time. It was a good album. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but, Super uh, you know what else cool. is? <laughs> yeah, you know what else is pretty cool? A Lonely Mountains Downhill. Yeah, it is. Yeah, have any of you played this? Okay, yes. so yes, yes. Yeah, I think Andre and I played it. I keep meaning to play it. Jeff Green was talking. Yeah, about Yeah, I keep recently. meaning to try it too. So, uh, part of how I stretch myself too thin is that I somehow fooled some people at the website Nintendo World Report to uh, let me write for them. And uh, I was able to get it through them. So uh, thank you to them for that. Uh, is it on and, Switch and now? It is on Switch, yes. Oh. And so I, uh, you know, I, somebody was reviewing it there, and they were describing it, and I was like, it kind of sounds like Trials, and I like Trials, you know. Uh, but then he was describing it as, it's more chill, you're out in nature, and it's it's not really a race. It's just more about just trying to get through the track. You know, you know what it is like. It's yeah, like I know track exactly. Mania. That's that's what we said track last mania. year too. I was like, this is like track okay. mania, but slower speed and less insane. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, now we're talking. I think so. Yeah. So so for anybody who hasn't heard about this before, like uh, Lonely Mountains Downhill is basically a series of tracks where you are on a bicycle. Uh, it is a 3D space, sort of more from a top-down-ish kind of camera kind point of view. Isometric. Almost isometric, yeah. 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 And everything's like slightly, I don't want to use the word voxel, because it's not really that, but it's very polygonal. You know, it, it, undetailed, but it's it's all very, in like... Very low fidelity. Yes. But like, del- yeah. like in a, deliberately so. Right, and it, and it suits it very well, because really the focus should be trying to go down these different dirt paths and roads and crossings on the bike and it'll start out with a track where you your goal is just to make it to the end of this mountain downhill track and there'll be different checkpoints along the way from start to finish and then after that it'll open up things like time trials for that track as well as challenges like you know don't get knocked off your bike more than this many times uh because if you run into an obstacle or something, you eat shit, and then like a little pixelated blood pops up. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost kind of cutesy and funny in the way that it uh, projects that too. And it also has that kind of nice like instant restart thing going on, where the second you eat shit, you hit A, you're right back to the last checkpoint. You keep going, and it has all these sounds in nature, like birds chirping, rivers flowing in the background, and uh, for anybody like me who needs something a little more serene and calming, uh, take things at your own pace right now. Because uh, I, I know that I've, I've had challenges with the real world right now. Uh, and really, gaming is my way to kind of break away from that at the moment. Uh, I would encourage anybody to try it. it. It's a really serene, relaxing experience. Yeah, it's a really good you, game. You had me at Trials But Chill. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of like if you mixed Trials and a Short Hike together oh god that sounds amazing yeah <laughs> so now i need to check out a short hike to that yeah a short hike is as also you, very good yeah i gotta play it as you get 
as you get into like the later tracks and like the different like the other mountains and the different things you're just hurtling down these mountains <laughs> at like breakneck speeds mm-hmm. and flying off and just like ragdolling down and you're like oh bit start back up at the top or you know start back at the checkpoint and it's like no pressure because like you just do it at your own pace like until you're like okay i really want to get this like time down totally it's just like really relaxing which is very much where the track mania part comes in right it's like you're just kind of going through you're not caring about time you're not caring about if you make it you just want to see the track through and then then you can make it you can get good at it if you want but like otherwise it's just yeah yeah, it's enjoyable I, i also really like lonely mountain downhill um yeah i didn't know it was on switch so something i liked with the PC version is that it actually had like leaderboards. So you could see how your friends were doing and stuff like that. Uh, does that exist on switch? I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. Okay. Leaderboards are usually like one of the last things I personally check. Okay. No, so. that's no problem. Yeah. Cause I remember it surfaced it pretty easily. Be like, Oh, Andre got like this time. Wow. Cool. Yeah. My, yeah. my competitive nature uh, comes out in smash brothers more than anything lately <laughs> and rocket league. So, uh, I, you know, if if I look at leaderboards and I'm being pointed by a store, it just makes me feel bad. Usually, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> gotta play. Uh, gotta play Descenders. Oh, Descenders that is, also is a cool. similar. Yeah. Descenders rules. That is a cool is game. Okay. Less chill than Lonely. It Earth. is not <laughs> chill. <laughs> it's, it's very not chill, but it is a similar concept in a lot of ways. And, and All right. maybe, maybe maybe everyone should play Trackmania. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like every week we talk about this every week i'm like oh i should go play it and then mm, i haven't but mm, i will try mm. this week i will look what into track mania what if you could turn your car into paper mario in <laughs> track mania so in paper, paper mario, mario do you get a car it's a like shaped like a boot it's very good so you could is make it, a so paper mario a skin track mania. wait isn't isn't the first scene in the new paper mario like mario and luigi going up in a mario kart cart yeah yeah, there we go. Oh. That that the track right. mania. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, next let's let's talk about another game we've talked about on the podcast before. Going to Erica and uh, her discussing, I believe our number two game of the year for 2019. Number two. Yep. Number two. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm playing Outer Wilds. Um, I tried to play it last year too. Um, but this was like maybe at the height of the, like the worst my yeah. hands have ever been. <laughs> um, it, is, it is not the most forgiving game when it comes to like movement. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, no, and in fact, yeah. I would say it's deliberately difficult sometimes. But the yeah. one thing, and sorry, we should let Erica talk. But yes. it, <laughs> at, at least, at least, it's not super hyper timing based with everything. Yeah, with everything. Yeah, I'm finding it much easier this time around, especially because I've been using some of the autopilot, which is not like it's it it just kind of like lines you up a little bit. It doesn't really land you or anything like that. But um, I did autopilot myself straight into the sun um, <laughs> this <yeah>. morning. <laughs> so uh, it 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 you have to still pay attention if you're doing that. Um, but it it has been nice to just kind of like give my hands a small break now and now that i'm not so like oh if you're not play, if you're not dry, you know flying to each planet then you're not really playing the game like i was last year <laughs> um, having like the breaks in between where i can just like you know stretch my hands out a little bit and also having the loop in general just kind of gives me like a good stopping point like it's like okay i'll just play till the end of the loop 
and, you know, and then I can take a break. Um, so it's been easier this time. And it's mostly that I really want to play this game. And that's why, like, I've been forcing myself through it anyway. Um, but this time around, it's much easier because I'm going into it with a more chill mindset. Um, that's cool. And I'm having a better time with it. I'm still pretty early, I think. Um I've done a few cool things. It's like, it's hard to tell you where I'm at because you could do things in whatever order. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm still early on. I don't know a a lot about what's going on at this point. Um, It's like, it's about a 15 to 20 hour thing, depending on how long different puzzles take you. So, yeah, so I mean, I restarted now. So I'd say maybe I'm about three to five hours in on it now. And I would say you as you specifically as a huge mist fan, I think like some of the puzzles you're going to really adore. That's kind of what I'm expecting to. to. (laughs) That's why I wanted you to play it so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything I've heard about this game, I'm just like, Oh God, I have to play this game. I have to play this game. (laughs) And like, and uh, Xavier, my husband also played the game when it came out last year and immediately like ran over to me. He's like, you need to play this game. You have to play it. You have to play it. (laughs) And so I think that's why I was getting so frustrated was because I can't play. I couldn't play it. (laughs) Like I was getting really upset because my thumbs kept locking up on me, but now, you know, a little autopilot, a couple breaks and I'm getting through it. (laughs) That's awesome. But I'm having a lot of fun Uh, with it so far. What has been your favorite planet or thing you've come across? Um, I just did, I mean, I don't know if there's the only thing to do there, but I just, uh, did that Bramble world yep. oh, thing. Oh, trust me, um, there's, it's not the only thing to do there. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but I, 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 uh, found what I'm supposed to find there the first time, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and that was really exciting, um, just because there's, you know, clues to it on your home planet and, I just mm-hmm. enjoyed that part um, a lot. Uh, there was like another one where you have to like wait until you orbit near the sun for ice to melt in order to uh, get to like a different part. And yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was pretty clever and exciting yeah. also. Um, that one was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure there's more, there's more to come. All right. Shocking. No one. That I have still so not good. played a game in 2020 that for me comes close to. <laughs> <laughs> Outer Wilds. Uh, I played it. I, I would agree. Like uh, I played it, it wasn't somewhat my favorite recently. game that year, but it's it's an incredible game. I played it somewhat recently and uh, still had an emotional breakdown when the end times music played. Um, so that's fun. I had the soundtrack on driving to work, and then almost started sobbing when that song played <laughs> when I was just <laughs> driving to work in the car. <laughs> I love that music Damn. can do that to you. Just how powerful it can be in it, evoking those thoughts and memories like that. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty vocal about that game being my favorite ever. So, uh, it definitely, the music in it definitely, uh, hits me pretty hard all the time. One of the coolest things like non game related experiences I've had maybe ever is my partner and I went to the Olympic mountains and the Olympic peninsula last year, last summer, and just like drove through the mountains and listened to the Outer Wild soundtrack, and it was just like a religious experience. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> but Erica is totally right that like you you need to approach 
Outer Wilds with a patient and relaxed mindset and from an understanding of wanting to learn about how it works. Because that was my problem when I first started is that I wanted it to be the game that I expected it to be, which I expected to have more control over flying. I expected it to be having more agency with and that aspect. And and you're flying this rust bucket mess of a <laughs> aircraft vehicle. And it's literally like, like made of plywood. Right. And so it's like, it totally makes sense that it flies like crap, but you know, it's just, you're, I'm so used to having games where, you know, usually the kind of stuff I liked is where I feel like I'm able to move most fluidly. So like my, one of my favorite games of that the year that it came out was Spider-Man because everything felt so great and fluid and fast, but you have to just sort of give up control and, and let yourself be in an understanding and learning phase of things. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm in a better mindset to do that now because I think last year, I, I talked a little bit about it uh, on the podcast last week, but last year I spent the majority of the time having like a crisis about the fact that I can't interact with games the same way after having some thumb and neck injuries that make it so my hands don't work the same way anymore. Um, and it's been nice to find a piece with it and also figure out how to play games now what i have to do now and um and i'm finding outer wilds like a little bit cathartic for me because i quit it (laughs) i like rage quit (laughs) outer wilds previously and now i'm finding it very chill and very fun my biggest criticism of that game that hopefully won't be like um frustrating and and like triggering or upsetting at all is there are a couple parts where I think from an accessibility standpoint, they could do a better job allowing you, giving you assists because they're like most of that game. I won't spoil anything, but most of that game is sort of what you say where you can play it at sort of slower pace, even though some of the controls are challenging. Then there's a couple of moments where suddenly it's like, actually you need to be good at this for like 30 seconds. Mm. And that is, you know, can be really fun if you've been spending all this time sort of with the mechanics being chill and then going like, Oh, okay. I'm glad I got good at this, but it also can be very frustrating. I think if you aren't expecting it. So while I would not spoil what that those instances are for you, I would say if those become a frustration by all means, thank between Xavier and people here, hopefully we can like, come together to provide tips because <laughs> that I would hate for like that to like ruin it for you. I yeah, can think I of figure... one. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, there, I didn't think of one very specific instance, but like you said, like part of this game is discovery. So I don't want to spoil. Yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Like I figure worst case scenario, I can kind of tag Xavier in. And, yeah. Uh, make him do it for and me. It's like <laughs> one, there's a couple of really hyper specific parts. That'll be very clear that like, Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, you can try it until you're mad and then, uh, <laughs> worst case send, if Xavier's like, no, I won't help you. That wouldn't happen, but send me unless you're safe. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm grooming my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing, but that's exactly what he's doing. So. <laughs> how, how much facial hair product does he have right now? Uh, not a lot. He has a beard oil and a mustache wax. <laughs> at Hell this yeah, point but also i've turned him on to flaxseed gel for his hair too he's, he's just taking care of all the hair on his head now <laughs> in a new way 
during quarantine. Okay. Some someone someone turned me on to Korean beauty products. Ooh, and so too. now, now I have, <laughs> now I have some aloe vera face wash from Harico Harico, and it's great. I can That's recommend great. it. All right, well, <laughs> Outer Wilds, everyone. Speaking, uh, speaking of things we can recommend, can we recommend Paper Mario: The Origami King, Allison? I, I would definitely say yes. Um, it's it's definitely not without its flaws, but I think that it's. Uh, you know, it's it's still a really, really great game. And the more that I play it, the more I get attached to it. Uh, I don't want to spoil things for people um, as well. But uh, one of, like, I, there is genuinely one of the characters that I've been talking about in our personal chat for a while. Uh, Bobby the Bob-Bomb, who is like, he's up there as like one of the best Paper Mario characters, period. That's awesome. Um, and I'd say also the main uh, person that... Um, the main uh, origami character that hangs out with you, Olivia. I'd say she's up there as well. Um, but there have been just so many like really fun little set pieces and little uh, and just specific instances that have just been re- really good. And I feel like the game is is still um, opening up, uh, unfolding, as it were, to me. <laughs> oh, um, a, that was very good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, 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 uh, I, I, yeah, I, and I think that, um, really just my biggest issue is, is, as I don't know if, if it's necessarily balanced completely well in terms of, uh, the, um, advantages of getting into combat. But I think that the combat itself, like, it's, it's increasingly getting interesting. And the boss mm-hmm. fights are increasingly really, really pretty fun to, to navigate and deal with. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. I you it's actually, also yeah. You okay. talked me out of buying it last week. Oh actually. no! Um, but now you're talking me back into it. So I don't know so now. <laughs> what I have heard um, is that the weirdness of the writing and story i don't know any spoilers but the weirdness of the writing and story is pretty intense it's in a yeah. kind of cool way and that yes. is the thing that i find intriguing about it there have been I'm, several times where i'm just like what we're we're i i just am <laughs> like i i'm like speechless because it it's just so weird and delightful and yet like funny and then also moving like i legitimately and, cried because of like plot things like uh, which i don't think i could say about other paper mario games so it's very weird i have heard that some of it is n- not just weird and delightful but also weird and kind of fucked up too oh 100 <laughs> percent which oh. is a part of it that is interesting uh-huh. to me i'm not going to uh i'm not going to spoil it but there is one i just got um just finished one of the areas and it was like straight up body horror. It was, yes. it was bizarre. I think I heard the thing what? you're talking about. Yeah, it was like it was just it was genuinely really disturbing and like weird. <laughs> but like it, but it was like intense. It, it, I mean, obviously intended to be disturbing, but it was very weird to see this. And I'm like, this is strange, and I don't know how I feel. But I, mm. I, I, I think I like it. But it's like. But it, there was some weird straight up uh, body horror in there. 
And that doesn't bother me so much as like I've never played any other Paper Mario games. Like, do you, is this a good spot to get in? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I'd say probably. And I wonder if um, I'd actually be really, really curious to hear somebody who hasn't played any of the series uh, play this because I think a lot of the things that people are frustrated with are because they've. Uh, loved paper mario games in the past or that they've loved um the original on nintendo 64 or a uh, thousand year door sure. and there's a, just there's a lot of baggage with the paper mario franchise uh <laughs> just because people love it so much um yeah. and, and and also the fact that the last few haven't been particularly good. right so there's just a lot of people a lot of like you know this had this game had a lot to live up to um so it's but I would say that it would actually be really interesting to be a, a place to start and see kind of how that felt. Um, but also, I'd say, uh, yeah, and I think I think you could you'd probably actually like it, Erica, because um, the combat like is one of the things that people are the most um, back and forth on, and I, I personally like it. But it really makes combat into a puzzle, which is like which I could see you liking. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. (laughs) It's kind of more of a puzzle game than an RPG in a lot of ways. Not as a knock, Hmm. like it has RPG stuff in it, but... (coughs) Yeah. No, I would totally agree. Um, It's definitely more of a a puzzle game, but also kind of an adventure game. Yeah. yeah. um, Than an RPG. Like, it really... It's like the RPG elements are light, which is the type of thing... Which is the thing that's controversial for a lot of people. But... But it seems like if you know that and you can't be disappointed by that because right. you know and what you're getting into, like it doesn't sound like that bad or anything. Like it doesn't sound like a bad puzzle game by any means. No, case. it's it's good. And I think that the um puzzles get can get really interesting, especially the um like I said, the boss battles. Um and I'm not gonna spoil what it is, but there are about t- usually two boss battles per section of the game, and they're all really unique in how you have mm-hmm. to approach them um in in interesting ways and and then also even just like individual battles are are unique as well um like for example um uh so one of the things uh so basically um for people who might not necessarily know what the battles look like for most battles you're you're as um you're mario in the center of these rings that you have to move around to uh kind of get people into uh ideal uh, positions to uh either get them into a row so that you can jump on them or get them into a square of four so that you can uh use the hammer um and they start getting kind of interesting with just the basic enemies so like in this area that i just finished um there are quite a few boos which uh they like disappear pretty early on from the stage, but you still have to remember where they are so that you can move them around. So it, it kind of, it, it kind of adds a little bit and a little area of, um, yeah, uh, of, of like some interest, but then also I just got a, um, uh, an item that I maybe was able to get earlier, but I'm not quite sure where, it would help you solve the puzzles if you really just didn't like doing them. So it kind of comes up with these little ways that you can get help for them, which I think is, is nice. 
Um, but I, but again, they're, I think they're really fun. So I've been enjoying those a lot. Okay. Um, Talking yeah. back into it this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't think I necessarily agree necessar- with um, uh, it needing to be this just complete RPG experience. Like I I I am a defender of Super Paper Mario for the Wii, um, which is much more kind of platformer based um, mm-hmm. than any of the other Paper Mario games, but. The, the real thing that makes it stand out is the story and the characters, which I think Origami King is, is doing well. So it's, it's been it's been fun to play this one. Do you have any sense for how far into the game you are? Like, do you have any yeah, idea of what the scale I, of the thing is? I'm guessing I'm about halfway through. Um, so one of the, th- the things that you're trying to do is that very, very, very early on in the game, um, Peach's castle is uh, abducted, like the entire castle, which is a thing that happens in Paper Mario. Um, but it's surrounded by these uh, ribbons. So you have to go to these different areas to um, basically unravel the ribbons. Uh, there's five of the ribbons, um, and I've got, I just finished the third one. Uh, so I'm guessing that there's going to be a section after I've finished all the ribbons so um yeah so i'm guessing i'm about halfway through but if like it shouldn't be surrounded by ribbons it should be like folded up like origami right yeah yeah. like origami adjacent (laughs) there's a lot well Mm -hmm. the thing that's kind of interesting about the origami is just uh as as how much detail it looks like they went into making the origami something that actually could make sense as like real origami i'm not sure how many of these things are are actually something you could make but um uh one of the things that this game has is a lot of unlockables so they they have like a, a museum where um you can unlock a lot of like concept art and you can unlock a lot of um uh just uh design images and there's a lot of stuff in there that's about like here's how we folded up this box or here's how we folded up this chair and so it 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 makes me really want like i'm really bad at origami you guys but i want a paper i want an origami king book and to like be able to make a little they should do that olivia yeah i'm really bad at origami but i would like oh but I would love that. What what if that was the next Nintendo Labo set, and it like actually it <gasps> oh actually did God. something? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Don't make me want it. They should make Paper Mario Labo. <laughs> Does it seem like all the stuff in the game is would be like feasible with actual paper and like to make it origami? Um. Some of it is really, really, really intense. So I don't know how you'd make People it. But some there are wild stuff with there are some wild things. Like there are some like specific uh, creatures that are just like completely that you're just like I don't know how you'd make it. But it, okay. I think like I think they really put a lot of thought into you know in, into how this how the world in, in general but but the origami especially would work so 
I don't know how some of those big ones would be, but I'd love to see it. I feel like I would be I would be terrible at making some of these things, but I'd love to see some like genuinely good people at origami build. I bet you won't things. have to wait long or at all. Ugh. I'm sure that that has happened. I bet. What's Arby's up to? God. Oh God, I don't. Uh, you're right. They're busy. It's, they're busy putting little swords into um, French fries. You know, I uh, I've got a bad association with origami after I did Heavy Rain, and uh, you know, after David Cage hurt me once, I'm not sure if I can be hurt again. So. I thought you were going to say you had a bad association with Arby's. Uh, no, actually, I'm the one person in my group of friends that actually likes Arby's a lot. So Arby's is fine. I'll, I'll go to an Arby's. Yeah, but, I can, but, Arby's is like the one fast food place that I. The only thing I can eat on the menu is the curly fries because I don't eat meat. Yeah. So that it, they're like, I don't have any opinion on Arby's either way because I will never be able to eat there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do have some bomb curly fries. They they're do. fine, but. <laughs> <laughs> um one, one for fast one, food fries I, oh I, I, no. we we can't we can't <laughs> but welcome to fry fix oh no not again break down <laughs> all the uh, I, I mean i i wish i could i wish i could uh morally support uh the the waffle fries from uh, chick-fil-a but uh, uh yeah I, I, i've got a little bit of a, a personal problem with that yeah yeah but but back to um, heavy rain. One thing they did that would have been really cool with with this. I'm no, sorry. No, no, hear me, no it's no, fine. Hear, hear me out. Like it, this isn't this isn't a hot take. This is a real take. Um, one thing they did with uh, heavy rain is they gave you one piece of origami paper, and yep. then like when when it was installing, it was like here while you're waiting. This is how you can fold this origami like the crane that shows up in the game. It'd be really cool if in, like this game, the physical edition came with like a piece of origami paper and it's like hey you can fold this thing so now you have it on your desk while you're playing or something we we don't they have to litigate ring fit adventure but it's origami origami fit adventure we don't have so, to litigate or heavy rain but that so, is the one subversive cool thing that i liked that they did <laughs> so i i am i am more forgiving than most of that game because it came out at the right time for me to sure. enjoy it and overlook its flaws yeah, but yes the origami train while the loading screen was happening was the highlight. And then later on you go, Oh no, it's, 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 yeah, that was, that was, uh, a little on the nose, but also all along, but also clever. It was, it was good up until the point where it made no sense. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. Like every David Cage game. Yeah. I might try Uh, Paper Mario. Yeah. That's Paper Mario does sound good. I, I, and, I intend to play it soon, maybe this week. I'm going to do some Twitch streaming. Maybe I'll stream that. Maybe I'll stream. I don't know. I'm going to stream something. I have no idea what I'm going to stream. I got a lot of games now. Yeah, Yeah, pretty sweet LED light. Yeah, that's I am full YouTube now. YouTube, Twitch, (laughs) uh, got RGB LED uh, floodlights behind me. So uh, you find me on Twitter and you'll find me on Twitch. So I'm sorry, Allison. We'll get, we'll I, I had to, to go uh, feed my kids while you were talking about that. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? On thumbs up, definitely. Okay, okay. So Christmas present for the kids then, right. except for the body there horror part. Whatever. It's not the, that the kids bad. need it's, to learn sometime. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's body. It's body. It's body horror that kids can see. <laughs> yeah. When are today's kids gonna watch like Hellraiser? They're not putting out any new ones, so it's like, what? Exactly. Are, when's the chance? And they're gonna. And they're gonna. If you try to give them. Like actual Hellraiser, they're gonna go okay, boomer, whatever, and look at well, this like this old movie. 
You just need to wait until Paw Patrol does the Hellraiser arc. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, speaking of Hellraiser and things that are dead, uh, Necrobarista. Yeah. Hell yeah. The Hellraiser of video games. So, <laughs> y'all. It's a lot better than Hellraiser. <laughs> we, we need to talk <laughs> about Necrobarista. We can. I don't know that this is the forum to talk at length about Necrobarista. No. And also, like, I think we are probably going to have to organize some form of spoiler cast for this game. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a separate discussion. But, uh, Pat, you and I both have been playing it. I have finished it. I don't know if you have. No, I'm at the end of Act 1. Okay. Uh, So I'm planning to finish it probably today. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I'm going to start talking about Necrobarista with a little tiny bit of a history lesson. Uh, like oh, no. very, not, not a big one, not a big one. Like it's, it's In a the game. Beginning. <laughs> it's a game that we've been talking about this pod, like on this podcast for at least two years. Like, um, and I think even before we started the cast, I personally remember seeing the first trailer back in like early 2017 and thinking, wow, this looks extremely cool. And like the style is something I'm really into. And I'll definitely play this when it comes out, which was supposed to be October of that year of 2017. <laughs> but it got delayed. Guys. Um, then in hey. 2018, I think, Pat, you played it at PAX, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I saw it. I didn't get to play it, but I oh, saw okay. it. At PAX. But like we, it, it came up on the cast then. And then it had no release date. And then eventually they announced the release date in 2019. So we definitely talked about it a few times on the cast throughout that year. Uh, yeah, I played a little bit at Bit Summit, but it was all Japanese and my Japanese ain't that good. So I just got like a tone piece, basically. Yeah. And then like somewhere in late 2019, right. it just kind of fell off the face I of the earth. Like yeah. they, they were basically like, oh, the release date went from June 2019 to summer 2019. To winter 2019 <laughs> to the point where it just said 2019 and then 2020 came around and it was just nowhere to be seen so yeah. everyone was like uh, is this game dead uh, but in December of that year they put up a post on Steam basically saying hey we know it's been a while and we've missed a lot of the deadlines we set for ourselves but hey we're going to be open about why it's because of burnout like they were yeah. pretty open about saying how stressful the game industry is and how difficult making a game is and stuff like that and how they as a team basically had to choose between overworking themselves and the game not coming out and they picked for the game to not come out um like multiple times so that's why it got delayed three years and they just didn't want to put it out until they felt like ready and healthy so, which I, I respected at the time. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes total sense. I was looking forward to the game for two years at that point. I was like, okay, yeah, no, good. Take, take well, the time for the mental health. And because of the kind of game that it is, it would have felt to me almost disingenuous for them to crunch and crunch and crunch and crunch totally. and then put it out and say like, here are our beliefs. And also we worked ourselves to death. I mean, in some cases you have to, right? Like as a studio, I'm not condemning any studio that does that, any indie studio that does that, because in some cases it's like, if we don't do this, the game doesn't come out. But in this case, the fact that they were able to take the extra time, I think is was the right decision for sure. Uh, Yeah. Because I think it it speaks to the values in the game too. Yeah. And, but yeah, but then kind of out of nowhere, 
about a month or two ago. They're basically like, yeah, it's coming out and it's coming out very soon. <laughs> like they basically gave it like less than a month of announcement time. Just being like, yeah, we're putting it out now. And I was like, hell yeah. And yeah, so now it's out. It's uh, part of Apple arcade or you can get it on steam. And like I was it's saying, there's a, right now, 15% off. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I would say <laughs> like, up front, I highly, even if you, if you have the ability to play it on steam, I highly, highly, highly recommend playing it on Steam. Um, there is some, uh, they had to make some changes to the dialogue for it to be part of Apple Arcade. Mm. I don't, I haven't read for sure that this is what it is, but I'm almost positive. Uh, there's a lot of the, the like, adult, the strong language or whatever is not in the Apple Arcade release. And my assumption is that as part of, you can, you can have like strong language in apps on iPad, but or on the App Store, but I think probably as part of being app in Apple Arcade, they probably have to make it all ages appropriate or something. Yeah, um, and the, the it is it it's not bad. Like they did their best, but definitely I would play it in the its intended text, and it also yeah. runs like crap on iPads. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like, I would agree because there's definitely some dialogue that happens in the game where I can't imagine how it would be if it was censored because you need like. They're carrying very heavy weight by doing like an all caps fuck in a very appropriate scene. Like yeah. you need that. Like if that was all caps frick, I would be like, I can't take that seriously. <laughs> um, but like in that Fudge. moment, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like genuine. Like this character is extremely like at their limit. Like, and I can't imagine how that would come across as being genuine with censorship. But anyway, so yeah, game is out. Personally, I was really worried that after all those times and all those delays, it wouldn't be very good or even, you know, yeah, just very good at all. Because, like, there's lots of games I can think of that had massive delays and then came out the other side pretty bad. Like, most of them, honestly. Like, things that get delayed a lot usually don't end up fantastic. Um, but Let's talk about Fable. <laughs> I, I was thinking Duke Nukem Forever. I was thinking... Uh, last guardian which was okay like you know it's like they're hyped up for all this time and you're like uh yeah but i mean hyped up for this game is maybe not the word i would use because it's it's a small game but anyways yeah necrovracer came out and it is now a shining example to point to as a success story for a game that like got really delayed and came out totally and like uh, it's so goddamn fucking good yeah <laughs> which isn't to say it's without fault like there are definitely no. some critiques, but they're so minor that they don't even affect the overall experience in like a negative way, in my opinion. I think like if you are someone who to likes um, the one, the parallel that I keep drawing is if you're someone who liked Disco Elysium, this game is not. I mean, it's a very it's different tonally for sure. And it's, it's yeah. written from a very different perspective and it's about different things. But um the quality of writing there is the only other game that I can think of in recent memory that has that quality of writing that is also about writing. Like I obviously adore the writing in outer wilds, but it's a game that doesn't just lean on that as its primary um, delivery mechanism. Whereas, uh, you know, Disco Elysium and Necrobrista are both games about writing. They have to have that. And they're yeah. the two of the best written games I've ever played. And, um, I would say that that's, I again, I'm only halfway through Necrobarista, but I am just like constantly stunned. Like almost every line, every time I click the button to advance the dialogue, I stop and read it again and go like, holy shit, this is good. 
Um, yeah, it's I, remarkable. I have an inordinate, inordinate amount of screenshots of just dialogue from this game, which is not something I do too often, but I think it, it is warranted of it. So, but I guess now is a good time to say, what is this game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a visual been, novel, right? right it, yeah, like, like it's a visual novel. Like I know that's a big shock for me to bring a visual novel to this podcast. Like whoever, what have I ever done that? But um, it's again kind of like If Found, which we talked about like a month or two ago. It's not a standard visual novel. Like there's no right. UI, there's no text box at the bottom, and visuals happening over top. The text you're reading is just built into the world, and it feels really dynamic. Like it's. Like sometimes it'll animate along with the scene to really just make the whole thing feel cohesive. And like if it's really zoomed in on a character's face, like the text will like come in at you and like kind of be shaking depending on what's happening, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it it's really good. Um, the story, I'm going to come back to that. The music though. The music, the music is, is really good. Amazing. I, I was the, sorry, go for it. One of my few critiques of it is um, there's uh, lo- like some there's these side stories you can kind of unlock where that are that don't have animation or visuals to go along with them. They're just like you read them um, almost like yeah. a journal entry or something or a note. But some of them are very long, which is fine because they're good. Sometimes the music playing on loop. I was like, I wish there was another song here. <laughs> but that's totally with that said, yeah. the music is really good. All of it is fantastic. Yeah, like. I kept playing and thinking, man, I need to pick up the soundtrack. And yeah, something, sure. something, something about it also felt really familiar. I was like, why, why, why does it feel like I've heard this music before? And then I looked it up, and it turns out the music is composed by Kevin Pankin. So mm-hmm. if, if you remember our Game of the Year 2018, our best music winner was Florence, and that's, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> like He also did the music for anime like Made in Abyss, which had an amazing soundtrack, and shield hero and tower of God, which are also really, really fantastic. So like he's one of the best composers going these days. So yeah. Um, the art direction is just like stunning. I would say like the way they set up and compose their shots is just so amazing. Like, and it's so impressive because that's one of the few like minor things is like some of the technical aspects of the visuals are, um, like there's, there's kind of cracks in the facade at times. Um, Yeah. Like, yeah, like I can remember a scene where like someone's sitting down and like his shirt clips through a chair or like oh. like there, there'll be like a cup on the counter and it's obviously floating above everything like that kind of stuff. Yeah, but. Or, or like, you know, oh, they put the animation is the character pushes a button to pour a coffee and then nothing comes out and it's just like it's kind of it's just sits. It, there's no like liquid or anything. And but it's made up for by the fact that the art direction is so strong and like the design uh, is so strong and the aesthetic is so strong that it's like, you don't even really think about that unless you really stop and look for it. Like, yeah, like dude, they do amazing things with lighting, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, and also the characters faces are just extremely expressive in this really, really amazing way. And like, it's, it's all 3d rendered. Um, so you're able to move the camera around a little bit during all these scenes. So like, it's not like you're just looking at static images that are pre-rendered. You're actually kind yeah. of, kind of able to interact with it and like have it, the camera drift this way to see what's happening here that way, et cetera, which is really cool. And also Pat, I think you might agree or maybe you won't, but it had like the best late title card. Cause it was it, really cool. <laughs> it was awesome. It's like 90 minutes to an hour or two hours in. And yeah, it's just so good. But 
we don't have to go on for too much longer, but I just really want to say the story is really yeah. special. Like, and it's strong for a lot of different reasons. Like the characters are so amazingly well written. There's um there's this character, Ashley, and every line she has is like way better than the last, and they're all incredible. Like she's yep. one of my favorite characters I've seen in many years. Like a combination of really extremely smart but also hilarious. Like there's there's a moment where I won't spoil like any there's one line of dialogue that like had me the whole scene had me like rolling laughing, but there's a moment where she explains um how she's like trying to like behave she's a child like she's yeah, like she's like 13 or 14 or, or something. something yeah yeah um and but she's explaining to a character who she just met that they need to complete this thing this little like project that she's doing because she's like Icarus and she needs to fly higher and then she goes yeah Kishan I'm reading a story about Icarus and it's like <laughs> You can just like hear, even though there's no voice dialogue, you can just like hear her the, the saying snark. it. And it's yeah. so funny. And he's like, you might want to finish that story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so, it's it's so good. Um, and I'm someone who like almost aggressive. That's a, not fair. I I would I would never I'm not the kind of person who's at all like oh, visual novels aren't games. But visual novels are a genre that I have never experienced a single thing in it that I've really liked. Um, And I've tried with like a lot of different ones and I always bounce off of them really, really hard. Even when I can tell that like, oh, this is a quality thing, but it just isn't connecting with me at all. And this one is like totally the opposite. Uh, It is, it is just spectacular. Um, Like how much of that, has Sorry. to do with your love of coffee and this game takes place <laughs> very in a little cafe. coffee's actually not as uh as well it is and it isn't but it's it's not as despite being in the title it is not a game about coffee yeah certainly it is clever that that they use coffee in the ways that they do but but it has it has less to do with the game than you would think from the title so yeah. is my not, two years as a shitty barista are not going to help no me so <laughs> that's the thing to note is it is not like like valhalla for example is a game that has yeah. like you're making coffee or making drinks not coffee drinks for people um and then like that coffee talk game that came out earlier this year is a game where you're like making coffee for people that is not something in this you don't have it doesn't have mechanics like that it is yeah. a straight up you the visual the dialogue yeah, yeah when and you're like, in the episodes the reason it's in a cafe at all like and there are baristas is basically what the story is on a very high level is that it's taking place in this cafe in the plane between life and death so basically people who have died have 24 hours to continue and exist in the world before they have to move on to whatever comes next and this cafe is just kind of a spot for them to, you know, have their last and not 24 hours exclusively for them. Like there's also, yeah, there's also humans. There. It's also a physical cafe that exists in the world. Yeah. So like humans go there too. Um, but, but yeah, it's, and it's, it's one of the things that's so cool about it is that they make it clear. And, and I think as I get through it, I may come away with slightly more, either way more positive or slightly more negative than where I'm at right now. Opinions, but the the world is really feels very richly developed outside of the cafe and it feels yeah. like there's an internal logic to it that makes sense it's hard to know right now if 
that's true or if they just made it appear that way. Um, and so I'll be interested to see where it kind of falls on that spectrum um, yeah. as I get through the rest of it. But um, it's it's very it's a really, really fascinating and weird world again, kind of. And this is one of the things that I think reminds me of Disco Elysium, too, is even though it's not again, not similar tonally, um, it's it, in a similar way to Disco Elysium, how it's very clear that that um, uh, Ravishal is a place in a world in Disco mm-hmm. Elysium. That's what this feels like it feels like it's a place rooted in a world and it's there's stuff happening outside um or stuff that has happened outside one of the things that's weird about the game is time is super 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 and i don't know yet but where it goes but you'll time know. is like very strange you'll uh, know you'll know um, um but it's yeah it's great it, and also this fantastical world that it's taking place in is melbourne australia yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's a very australian game like there, there's a lot of people going like hey mate and stuff like that it's great um yeah but hey, like mate what do you know exactly they do say that i'm not joking um <laughs> so while it's charming and funny and but the thing is like it's also a really moving story um pat yes. you're you're about to get to some stuff <laughs> like once I, I once i realized what the story was actually about I was fully invested. Like, yes, there's all these comedy moments that I was like, also with Pat, like just totally laughing, but they end up really thoroughly exploring the theme of death and the unknown in a really affecting way. Like they, they approach death with a light heart at first, which is kind of weird to think about. But then as it develops these characters, like they're really, they're all really strong characters. Um, like every one of them, even the quote unquote antagonist ends up being one of my favorite characters. I love him, but like it takes these characters that you've had fun and funny times with, and then put, puts them into like a really intense situation with real weight and real consequences. Like that's probably my favorite anime trope and they do that. And like, I'm the kind of person who's pretty stoic when playing games. Like even if a story is well-written or moving, like my reaction is generally more like a, Oh, huh, that's cool. Rather than like fist pumping and stuff or like, like even if it's an emotional scene, I'm, I'm more the type to get misty eyed than to go full on bawling. But like the story in this game totally left me in tears. Like it is yeah. really strong and the writing is just so incredible that it holds it all together. So yeah. Like I, I, I really want to do a spoiler cast about this game. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll be in for that. It's, it's a, it's a really, really, even in the first half, the first act, it has some really moving elements of people. I mean, it's not a spoiler because to say like the basic premise, you can kind of get grasp how there's elements of like a character of a character saying like, look, I have to accept the fact that I have 24 hours left and then I don't know where I'm going next. And that is yeah. terrifying. And the way that they sell that as and make that character really make you understand where that character is coming from is really moving for sure. And it's what's it's so impressive that it goes from a genuinely hysterical scene to something that is almost like not really action, but like you know, more in the like, oh, what's going to happen sort of suspense sequence. And then to this really moving emotional bit, it's, it's, it's really impressive, just really. And I think you should play it even if you're not someone who would typically play visual novels, um, yeah. because it's, it, it, it really is remarkable in terms of like the, the writing achievements. And there's cool stuff that is like, 
gamic around it, even though it doesn't have narrative choice the way that a lot of visual novels do. There aren't different routes to my understanding. Um, no. But there are interstitial sequences where you're walking around the cafe in first person and there's a kind of clever um, unlock mechanic for um, these little side stories that you can read. And the side stories are written as well as the main plot. Um, yeah, so they really are. it still has um, gamey elements to it. If you really need some kind of interactivity as a way to um, get engaged, it has that too. Anyways, I know I said we wouldn't talk about it for much and ended up going on it for 20 minutes, but that that game is fucking me up because I thought we'll be talking I was, about it a lot more. This yes, year for sure. um, <laughs> I, I was kind of juggling my top two games of the year. Now this kind of has come in as a third and is potentially bulldozing its way to the top in a way I was not expecting. So how yeah. much how much dubstep share is there? There is some pretty heavy electronic with some wub in it, like like electronic music, but there's no share. Sorry, it's gonna it's, uh, gonna have to uh, really do something special then if it yeah, wants to right. get no, anywhere near that I, list. I, I don't, there I heard might some dubstep Nickelback. On yeah, I did too. It was photographed. Giant bomb on official classic. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, there might be both both references to Star Wars and Metallica in Necrobarista. Okay, I haven't so. seen the specific references, but I believe it. Yeah. Well, I had my doubts until you mentioned that, but now now I'm, <laughs> I'm sold. And yeah. Actually, the way you guys evangelized for it, I I think I need to check this out. It I, sounds yeah, I need I to pick it up alley. sooner or later. Like but I yeah, we need to do a spoiler cast about probably sooner way. rather than later, so that we can do a spoiler cast. I would unequip. <laughs> it's not super long either. I think it's, I've heard like anywhere between four and six hours. Yeah, oh, if you power through it, if, if if you don't do any of the side stuff, which you don't need to do, like it's totally optional. You could probably get through it in like five hours. I would say. Okay, and a lot of the side stuff that I have seen is very much world oh, building. It's, it's not so really tied to the main plot, but it is very good. Worth reading. Yeah. I read the billiards one last night, and it's like very. It's so well written. Also, do the fisherman. I was not expecting I the will. fisherman yeah. to be moving, but holy shit, I gotta it's get, so good. I gotta get the food. I gotta get the food one. The food resource. I don't have that. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, sorry, we don't have to talk about Necrobrisa for another 20 minutes. We could, but Jesus, it's so Wait, good. Unequivocally, everyone should play it. There's yeah. no, I don't have, I think it's, it's for, I think it is for everyone. It's I would ma- tell my dad to play it. I would tell my brother to play it. Like, I would tell everyone here to play it. It's, uh, it's amazing. Out of the games that we've talked about over the past two and a half-ish years, I would m- be the most willing to push this one onto people, like, sight unseen and being like, yo, you really need to touch this. <laughs> yeah, probably this and Disco Elysium would be that for me. So, uh, and that says something, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, departing from the visual novels, I've got I've got two things here. I've got a multiplayer uh, overcooked like, or I've got the newest Devolver joint. What do you want to hear about Ooh. first? That's a that's a tough choice, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Moving well, out is a spectacular game, but I'd really like to hear about Carrion. I want to know. All right. I have to uh, jump up, but I want to hear about it. All right. So Carrion. Okay. Carrion is the newest uh, game from Devolver Digital, uh, Devolver Digital uh, publisher. Uh, you might have seen uh, Car- the Carrion Beast in their Devolver showcase thing, uh, interviewing uh, Phil Spencer. Yep. 
is just a giant mass of meat and teeth and tentacles in flesh the most unpleasant way and so carrion is it's it's kind of a metroid uh (laughs) metroidvania like in a way like you're unlocking abilities that let you get through get into new areas and do combat but it's like mostly exploration um so you're going through this like underground like lab based thing as this bio bio weapon very resident evil-esque looking thing that's tearing through people well, eating them up is, and is, then is, as is you it a, is it a bow is it a bio organic uh, weapon like from resident evil it is i it is never uh classified whether this is a natural like like a thing they found like an alien or if they, like they grew it in a lab uh at least not so far mm-hmm. there is some like stuff like some story stuff that is like you come across at times uh where you no longer control the uh the carrion beast or whatever it is uh and they give you like some narrative stuff but yeah so you're this fleshy tentacle tooth beast and you're just like flying through this underground uh underground base and i say flying but you're just you've got tentacles that are just grabbing onto anything and everything. And so you can move freely around these levels. It there's nothing stopping you. It's like, you're never getting to a point where like, Oh, well I'm not big enough to get across this, like jump this gap or something. You just like, yep, I go over it. No problem. You will run into spots where you're like, Oh, I can't get through here. Cause I'm too big. Uh, but then you get an ability that lets you go through that. Uh, is, and is, so you, is there, yeah. Is, is there any threat to you? like yes yes so you do uh come across humans uh who are just you know they're like scientists or like it people or whatever and they're just like going about their day like doing their job and then suddenly this giant fleshy creature busts through a vent in the wall and it's like i'm gonna eat you up (laughs) and you just you tear them like you know tear them in half and then you can grab them with your tentacles and fling them around to kill them. And then if you pull them to you, you just like devour them. And then as you devour more and more people, you grow and grow until you get very big and you've got like six mouths and you're just giant. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's if luckily it's all pixely. So like you can't like there's no real detail. But, you know, if they made this in like the Resident Evil engine with like, you know, million, like multi-million dollar budget or whatever, yeah, that'd totally. be uh, really disgusting. I think I need to set up uh, my parental discri- uh, restrictions on my Switch if I get this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so for the most part, at least early on, there's not like a ton of threats. But then you do start to come across people with guns. Or like these shields, so they're like, nope, you're not going to get me, And but you can figure out ways to get behind them, you know, uh, make them lose sight of you or go invisible once you get a certain power. And it's it's very satisfying to just like bust through these rooms, these areas super quick and grab people, eat them up, and then figure out whatever puzzle is going on. Sometimes it's like oh, I got to push a button over there, then it's going to open a door here. But then like, oh, if I go through this laser beam, then it shuts the door. So I have to figure out how to make that work. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. It's on Game Pass. 
uh, for PC and Xbox. So check it out there if you know if you're into that. Yeah. Narratively, it, narratively, is there really much going on with it? Uh, I didn't. So I've seen a couple things, and it seems like it's more like, oh, here's a backstory. I'm assuming, like, okay. like I, it's not entirely clear on what it is. Like, I, I think it's like a slow reveal. Like, oh, here's what's happening, but mm. it's few and far between so far. I think I've done like two or three sessions of that in like over like two or three hours. Okay, um, and but yeah, it some- feels good to play. Something that can make or break a, a Metroidvania e kind of game for me is the map. Is there a map? Is it good? No, uh, I have not. I have. <laughs> there's no map. Uh, it's, but it's pretty simple. Like it's not like a super complex thing, right? Uh, and so you basically you've got kind of like a hub, and then you go from the hub. The hub is still like big, uh, and like you're going through multiple zones, but you go from like a hub into an area and then you'll come out of that area and the area will tell you like, Oh, you collected this much or you basically finished this much of the area. So you can go back if you want, but to get out of, there's no like health upgrades that I've seen. And I think to get out of the areas, you do need to get whatever like power upgrade is in there. So, uh, you're not going to like miss out on much. I don't think. Okay. Because there have been some where I was like, I thought I finished it, but maybe not. But maybe they just want you to go back when you have later powers. It's yeah. How far are you into it? Uh, I'm like I said, I'm a few hours. Let me see if I can pull up the uh, the Xbox app here on the the old PC, and it'll tell me. Maybe. Um, are you playing with mouse and keyboard or gamepad? Uh, I'm playing with gamepad, though you can play with mouse and keyboard. Uh, I, remember, I remember hearing someone say it felt like a mouse and keyboard game, which I thought was interesting. Kind of. It, it kind of. It definitely... Uh, like, it doesn't feel bad with the, the controller. And I think the way you move with the... So to move with keyboard, mouse and keyboard, is you hold, like, left mouse click. But then you're using the mouse to like determine where you're shooting like your web or like where you're grabbing people from. Whereas with a controller you're using right stick to control that and like you're having to control distance as well as like direction. So that could be a little tricky, but it's not too bad. Uh, but there is like sometimes you can get like a lot of body parts in a spot or a lot of like grates and like, Oh, there's a, there's like two grates and a lever here and I want to grab the lever, but I keep grabbing the grates. <laughs> But sure. it's not. It's nothing too awful. Uh, let's see how many I've got. One hundred and seventy-five out of a thousand gamer score. Oh, that's a lot, uh, or a lot left, I should say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I only speak in trophies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's got a couple bronzes. He needs to get a few more silvers and like two. I, I have. Oh, okay. yeah, I've got like half the trophy or half the achievements. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I've got like half of them, I guess. How long have you been playing for? Oh, uh, a couple hours. Uh, I I can't see a way to see my playtime. It's interesting that it's sounds like it's not super long, but maybe the mechanics wouldn't. Yeah, I'd rather rather not have something overstay its welcome, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree with that. It's been in development for a long time. There are four, yeah. 
there are four upgrades that I can tell, or there's maybe there's like, there's four main upgrades and then like some of them will improve over time, but you start with one of them and then I still don't have like the final one, which I think is like you push triangle and then it does something, but I'm not sure what it'll do because I haven't gotten it yet. But I've got like an echolocator, which is like tells you like the areas where you've got like a biomass hive, I think, or like things that'll upgrade you. Yeah, the way you save is you just like go into a hole in the wall and then like spread your biomass and then like make a little like checkpoint thing where you can go back. That's how I do it in real life too. And then, (laughs) yeah. And uh, that you can restock your health there and stuff. So, but yeah, Allison. Do you think this is a game that you're going to play? Because, like, for some reason, this seems like your kind of thing. Because it does. No, I am 100 percent interested in this. It's just (laughs) depending on. uh, Yeah, I. I, I'm I'm definitely definitely interested. I'm just trying to decide if I want PC or Switch, but. (laughs) Uh, My second favorite movie ever is The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. So. I definitely need to. Uh, I've been excited to play this for since I saw it at PAX two years ago. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and so I oh, one of the cool things I think one of the things I saw for it was like the fire in originally uh, a while ago because when they light you on fire, as some of the enemies do, you're just if you're large, there's just this massive flaming thing flying through the level like oh god i gotta get in some water <laughs> and it's it looks real good see my, my least favorite part about what i played inside was the end of it because mm-hmm. you felt basically powerless the sounds empowering so yes i uh i think that's it, what appeals to me here <laughs> it is it is very akin to the end of inside except if that was a power fantasy. And yeah. not, yes. You know, Except if that were cool and not cool and scary and not just fucked. Oh, so disturbing. Yes. Yeah. So would you get um, if real doll made um, no. A, a, no. a thing oh, of God. this carrying flesh? You know monster. what? Hell yeah! Too, too many teeth. Too many teeth. Only, and, yeah, like, there's no such thing. <laughs> Only if I can uh, stretch it out and stick it to the wall. Just one of those uh, sticky hands yeah, from the nineties. Exactly. What a carrion uh, thing. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's carrion. It's on PC and console game pass. Check it out. It's uh, pretty I good. I have it installed. It's also like two hundred megabytes, so yeah. Uh, it's very quick to install it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, indie games. It's they're no modern warfare. That that they are not. <laughs> Every time indie I open, games are almost 86 exclusively patch for I suck yeah, same, in a same. deep breath every time I launch Battle.net because I'm just like, oh, how is Modern Warfare going to ruin my bandwidth cap today? <laughs> uh, but also, Joel, I'm totally with you. Indie games are like 80% of my diet these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a mixture of, uh, that's really where the creative engine and uh, new ideas are coming from right now. And then also... Most of them have the good sense to know where it's time to end and, and having a really sort of tight experience where so much of the AAA stuff is just bloat. And for me, at least yeah. in, in the way I play games. And and the older I get, the more that when whenever a game touts like, 
oh, over 100 hours, I just get exhausted. (laughs) I'm just like, "Mm." shorter games are becoming more and more appealing for me, for sure. Uh, How far are you into Persona 5 Royale? (laughs) Oh, God. Not very, but, you know... (laughs) It's interesting that you still have that reaction even now while like you can't go anywhere and unemployed. So you're, right, but you're still just true. like, no, I don't, you know what? I don't need a hundred hour game. <laughs> I respect yeah. it. It depends so much on the context. I think for me, if it's like, yeah, I would, I mean like pillars of eternity is technically an indie game, like the original one. And I would not have wanted that game. Like they didn't need to make that game a tight six hours, you know? Like it's cool that that is a huge sprawling epic, um, but yeah. then at the same time, I would hate for Necro Barista to be padded out into a thirty-five hour experience when it works so well, being the length that it is. So I think for me, sure. it's very much like um, I totally agree with the like indie games being more innovative, and I think they are generally better edited. Like I'm pl- still playing and really enjoying Ghost of Tsushima, and that game is like significantly more than it needs to be in terms of its like scope and length. Um, but, uh, like I haven't even left the first map zone of three and I've probably played 20 hours of it and (laughs) like, Jesus Christ, I've heard people react to moving on to the third area going, holy shit, there's another area. Um, (laughs) uh, but, um, but at the same time, I think like for certain experiences, it, if, um, it's, it works for games to kind of sprawl out a little bit more too. just depends. Yeah, it's just the time and joy is not time wasted, right? Yeah, and it, totally. And if a huge 100-hour uh, Skyrim game is something that you you love, then it's it's worth your time, you know? I but, think the really the best games that have that sprawl are games, in my opinion, like Skyrim, which you can play through Skyrim in, like, 12 hours if you want to, or you can spend 100 hours exploring it and, like, going into every nook and cranny and seeing every dungeon and stuff. And I think that's really the best. Like I've also been playing Assassin's Creed origins this year. And that's a game that you can play through in probably like 15, 20 hours, or you can spend 80 hours going to every location and doing everything. So I like that kind of choose your length thing girl, but you know what else um, (laughs) is sprawling and generally takes a really long time. Moving. Moving. Oh, <laughs> no, our podcast is accurate. I thought you already talked about moving out. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no. Uh, wanted to hear, uh, wanted that, to hear about the newest that's, banger. That's self, but. That self burn was really good, though. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, uh, real. I, yeah, I, I want to hear about carrying it first because actually I've played moving out as well. And I, I love that game. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's, it's great. I've been playing it with my girlfriend. It's a like an overcooked like uh you know co-op and you're working together to complete objectives in this case it is uh moving people's shit out of their house or their business uh, depending on uh and so you're you're running around uh your cute little characters you can be like i'm i'm always a dog in an astronaut helmet because that is uh that's goals right there uh but you uh shout out to this game because you can actually play like a wheelchair uh mm-hmm. character so like any character can just be like i'm going to replace my lower half with a wheelchair and cool. you're not any differently abled than the regular it's just like yep okay cool that's how i want to look 
And there's tons of different cosmetic stuff. You can be like an egg, put a little cowboy hat on it. You can be a, a cat, a pot of plant, you know, whatever. What does it and say that be, that the idea of being an egg with a cowboy hat on it is making me want to play this game? <laughs> uh, it says that you like fun. Yeah, that's... I uh, so the the basic arc this is you can play by yourself uh you can turn on an assist mode uh which would make it possible to play by yourself because a lot of the things in the game do require you to have two people to move just because they're so heavy you know like real life and uh but if you turn on the assist mode i think it does away with a lot of those like that part of it so it just becomes like oh i just want to mess around and not deal with any of like the more difficult parts of it i want to you know i just want to have fun and see what goofy stuff they have and so when you load into the level there you kind of get an overview of like here's the house here's all the stuff you need to put in the back of this truck and then you've got like a time you've got like oh four minutes for like the gold medal five minutes for the silver and then like six thirty for the bronze or something so you have to do it within at least six minutes 30 seconds and you're running through this house jumping through windows smashing glass and like throwing boxes out of the house and for the most part that's okay but occasionally you'll run into something like oh this is a fragile box so if you throw it out it'll break and then respawn but what you can do is you can throw it and then your partner can catch it and then they can put it in the truck uh so there's a lot of like figuring out okay what's the fastest way we can get all this stuff out of here Okay, first thing, let's run up to the top floor and throw everything out the window. Like, grab this couch, out the window. Bed, out the window. All these boxes, out the TV, out the window. It doesn't matter if it's broken. Uh, it just needs to be in the truck. And, and it all tumbles over in a really funny way, too. When you yeah, yeah, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of and, physics on it. And then as you're, you're filming this truck, it gets harder and harder to fit stuff inside the truck and so you have to end up coordinating if you're playing two-player with your partner and uh there's a button that you both start swinging swaying the piece of furniture back and forth and you have to time the release just right to throw it up into the actual truck itself and uh my my wife and i have a very combative nature sometimes when we play games together so it quickly devolved into like no, you screwed that up. You didn't time that button right. What, what were you thinking? Don't pick that back up. And yeah, uh, it's, 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 it is one of those games where like uh, it's, it's team building and also a trial if you are not yes. cooperating well. Yeah, it's it's funny, but like it's funny to watch like what happens, but also it can just be so frustrating. Like I was playing a kind of like a mid late game level and it's there's just you're in a room and there's just lava everywhere and you've got to like maneuver all these platforms and just my girlfriend kept falling off the platform we i'm like we have a minute we need to get these two things to the truck in like the next minute or else we have to restart and she just kept falling in the lava i'm like no <laughs> uh, eventually i think we did get it done but we did have to like replay that level twice but mm-hmm. and then there's some time like there's sometimes there are things that you don't need to take in the truck it's like so then you're like, oh, well, I'm used to taking all the boxes, but then you realize, oh, wait, I don't need any of those boxes that I just spent like a minute putting into the truck. Okay, well, there goes the restart. And it's not so much for the time. It's just like I just filled 20 boxes into a truck and didn't need any of them. And that's going to take up a lot of space. 
But if you've got someone to play with and you want to play a co-op fun time game, uh, moving out, it's it's pretty funny and it's uh, it's fun to play. It's cool. Would Erica, recommend. Mm-hmm. is that the kind of game you would play? Because I know you liked Overcooked. And I did like Overcooked you, you, a lot. You did not like Overcooked 2 as much. Yeah, I, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, it's something I would look at. I don't know if, how finicky it needs me to be with like mm-hmm. my controls and stuff, but yeah. it's I definitely enjoyed Overcooked a lot, um, and I have somebody to play with, so I will yeah. look at it, it at the very so, least. <laughs> like I said, it has that assist mode, and there's a demo on Steam, uh, so you can try it out. So I will also say... Spending the money on it. I... I like Overcooked in theory, but I have challenges with it because I feel like you have to be pretty precise and uh, have really good timing with Overcooked to be effective. I think moving out is a little more forgiving on its timing Mm -hmm. of things, too. If you're just concerned about progressing through the levels of the game and not getting the highest score, uh, that's how my wife and I approached it, and we had a lot more fun with it that way. Mm -hmm. There are tons of bonus objectives. I gifted Overcooked to my sister um, and her boyfriend for Christmas one year, um, and they played exactly one level of it. <laughs> and then broke um, up. Yeah, it's <laughs> more like my sister texted me a picture of her boyfriend just collapsed on the floor, exhausted <laughs> from yelling at her <laughs> to try to God. do stuff. <laughs> so maybe this one will be a little bit nicer for them. Okay. <laughs> Because in Overcooked, there's so much like you're relying on each other because like mm-hmm. sometimes one of you is in one half of the kitchen, one of you is in the other. Right. At least here, there are things you have to move together. Like you have to work together to move a sofa unless you turn on the assist mode. Maybe I'm not entirely sure how it works, but but for a lot of it, it's just you're grabbing things and trying to get them in the truck as fast as you can while also leaving room to make sure everything can get in the truck. Mm-hmm. So there is like some independence, but also strategizing together. Like, okay, you go here, I'll go here, or you go up, throw things down to me, and I'll put them in the truck. Stuff like that. Sounds fun, except I hate moving yeah. too. So moving sucks. This makes yeah. it fun because you just get to throw everything. You don't have to be careful. <laughs> you you jump through the windows. It's great. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> and you know what else is great? You sometimes. Sometimes mm. it's bad. It's absolute <laughs> horseshit sometimes. The news. Because <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for games. And kind of, but there are a whole bunch of games this week uh, announced in the Xbox Games Showcase. Yeah. Which we all watched. I, I think. only watched like the bits I cared about. <laughs> I didn't yeah, have time to sit to and watch it. the whole thing. So I just looked up what was announced Honestly, and then watched the trailers. That's probably the best way to approach it. <laughs> I, I respect uh, your guys' podcast more than ours, so I watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> Suck it, Alex and Getty. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so... Uh, Xbox, they had their like third party games thing in May, June, June. I don't even remember. No, May. They didn't do anything in June, right? What is time? Yeah, I but don't know. that was it like make everyone's like, anymore. "There's no gameplay. What are you? What are you doing?" And then here they were like, "Okay, you're gonna see the first party games." That was all they showed 
was first party or not all they didn't only show first party games but all they showed was games there was no mm-hmm. console news you could argue there was game pass stuff but like they didn't talk about x cloud no. or like any of that any changes to the service just hey these are coming to x cloud or coming to game pass and i guess technically that means they're all coming to x cloud because isn't that the thing i don't know anyway we don't really know for sure yeah they need to be f- that's, i don't know anyway yes <laughs> so they announced a bunch of games uh keely in the pre-show who would not absolutely not stop talking about halo also Nobody brought would. us <laughs> yeah but keely made guess. them yeah every guest was like oh halo 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 yeah uh but we did get a few uh pre-show announcements uh we got dragon quest 11 coming to xbox for the first time ever dragon quest on the xbox we got exomecha which looks like titanfall mixed with battlefield meets transformers i didn't i missed this this was in the pre-show mm-hmm. yeah yeah this was the pre-show it's it, like a multiplayer game it kind of looks like titanfall 2 but if the mechs involved were more like gundams sure and also yeah, maybe not as cool looking now that i'm looking at this <laughs> <laughs> it, like, but it's got a lot of like vehicles and stuff so it's more than just like oh there's a big robot there's like yeah, helicopters yeah. and tanks and like hey the premise sounds hoverboards cool. Uh, so you can sign up on their website for a beta uh, on yeah. Xbox and Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. It's so cool, but so you know what else sounded cool? Astral Chain. Anyways, oh yeah, no, that's not good. It's that's okay. fine. I it's think fun. it's a pretty, it's a. I, I I enjoyed what I played of it. I I need to actually actually finish it, but yeah. Uh, also I think Astral Chain is the last game I want to play in 2020. Given that's that, the yeah. issue. Okay, I have yeah, time to play it no now. Thanks. I have <laughs> time to play it now, and I have it Pass. downloaded on my Switch, and I'm like, oh, do know about that? Yeah, you just. <laughs> I, I didn't think about the the. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not really. It's not really Astral Chain's fault. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway. All right. Yes. Uh, also announced. Echo Generation, which looks, looks a little yeah. bit cool. like uh, yeah. Things. Uh, in in our chat, Pat was like, "This game looks like it's like you that us two would really like it." And I was watching this trailer, and I'm like, "Yep, I, I like the vibe." And then suddenly there's like hard battling mechanics, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "Yup, <laughs> yup." <laughs> yeah, I was into that for sure. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> if only life was determined by card battling. I wish. Well, if yeah. you live in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh, and people come at you with a gun because they want your cards, like or if Bandit you're a Keith. professional Magic: The Gathering player, that's yeah, true too. Uh, but also announced the creator of Sonic, creator of Nights into Dreams. I, I don't saw Balan Wonderland. Yeah, people. Some people seemed excited. I don't know. It doesn't speak to me, like but. A, People who are into that stuff seem excited. Yeah, it's like uh, it looks like a theater kid musical <laughs> thing. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was it was a Sega person, and people seemed excited about that guy. That guy doing a thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for everyone and, involved who's excited and working on it. 
I feel like we're running out of names for video games. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, I don't know, let's come up with a word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Halo. Uh, with that, <laughs> we got into Jeff Keeley's favorite game. Halo. Uh the Doritos of video games. Halo Infinite. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. It's Death Stranding. That's his favorite video game. <laughs> That's only because he's in it. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe Keeley's in Halo. Oh, God, be. I hope He's not. been under the mask the whole time. <laughs> oh, no. Keeley is the Master Chief. Keeley is the Master Chief. <laughs> Jeff117. Can, can you imagine a funnier moment than if the, the helmet came off and you finally saw his face and it was Keeley doing that like stupid headshot grin oh. that he does? Oh, God. <laughs> maybe, maybe Bill Gates, but... Uh, it's a it's a close. Bill Gates is Cortana. <laughs> oh no! Okay, we've gone oh, too far with this. That recontextualizes so much fan art that I check out my seen, slash fiction. Sure exists. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they showed Halo Infinite. They showed a somewhat open world looking thing that like like they showed a big map, and so it is open world. Uh, you there's stuff to shoot and kill and you drive around. The thing that is tough about that, that I've been thinking about more and more is I don't think it's going to be this. I think it will be more of an open world. But if you think about, I forget the name of the level, but there's that early level in halo, um, not silent cartographer, the one early, right after you land where Mm -hmm. it's pretty long and wide open. And there's like the three different outposts you have to go to and you can do them in either whatever order you want. This could have been, I mean, th- that game didn't have a map in the same way, but like, yeah, you could have made that level. That level is technically open world. So for yeah. all we know, this could be a bunch of levels like that that have just have a map. So it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, I would assume uh, it's more like a Far Cry, but it's hard to know. Yeah, I, yeah with the way they kind of zoomed out it, I think it's probably going to be more like confined areas because they even in the Q and a they did afterwards was like closed door. They never said open world. They said like open spaces or like open map or something like that. It, but they were very careful to not say open world. Uh, so I imagine it'll be like zones kind of like how destiny is where you've Which got like open like, zones and then go into like smaller things, but you can like backtrack and go to old areas and stuff, which but is vastly less interesting to me personally. If they're but. interconnected, like if it's like, okay, we've got like a big area and then like, if you're not going through a loading screen, but halos are big. I don't think you're going to like travel across the entire halo. Like we theorized. And I I think that's because they, they have to make this game for the Xbox one. If it was like a, if it was a series X game only, maybe that would be like a thing. It's like, we have a whole, an entire halo modeled for you. At at most here. Sorry. Uh, At most I could see it being like destiny and that they show you these different, you know, parts of the ring but really it's a it's a contained zone which in my opinion is very much like another halo i won't play uh (laughs) um i think like i don't know i think if they wanted if they really went for it like we're i'm playing ghost recon breakpoint with friends right now and that game is not like qualitatively amazing or anything (laughs) but one thing it does really well is it has an utterly stunning looking open world that is enormous and you can like snipe an enemy from 500 meters away. Um, and that is such a cool thing. And I think if they really went for it with a halo, if they kind of had 
if they built a better game around a world like that, it would be awesome. But I don't, I also agree that that's probably not what they're doing. Um, so. I think the, like the thing that the thing with this for me was it didn't look like, uh, like next gen halo. It looked no. like halo. Like it didn't, the it open looked- world stuff again, it looked like halo one, like, Halo One had open areas that you drove around, so yeah. they didn't like show anything exceptional. They showed a map, and there's an upgrade screen. Apparently, we didn't see it, but there's a tab. And so, I think with both basically everything in this presentation, I walked away going, "So this is supposed to be next gen." Do you think that has something to do with just the inherent like art design of Halo in general? Like Master Chief is just a big. Uh, like, uh, you know, meta soldier Green thing dude. with this is very basic outline and no, no complexity to the way he looks. The environments are pretty basic. The enemy grunts are, are pretty well defined and, and, you know, not too complicated looking. And they kind of talked about this a little bit on waypoint radios, um, tear down of this stuff. And, and, uh, which I only bring up because I'm going to make the exact same point that they did. Um, which is that part of it is when halo first came out, um, 20 years ago, it had a very distinct visual style at the time, Mm -hmm. but then it's been 20 years and there's been seven, no, nine Halo games. And, uh, there have been lots of, there's been, I mean, and Halo has certainly Halo drew plenty of inspiration from Starship Troopers and other, like, I'm not saying that they were, it's not derivative, but even more since Halo, there has been more science fiction that takes that very, like, um, simple military sci-fi look. So it's pretty generic now. Whereas when it first came out for video games, it was a pretty unique and, and defining art style for that thing. Now to your point, it's like, yeah, that's a grunt. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that that's what they look like, but I right, actually yeah. was thought some of the technically, some of it was really rough. Not, we've talked a lot about, and Alex makes the point a lot too, that like, there's not going to be a huge technical leap in terms of visuals, which even considering that I thought like the textures on that brute that shows up at the end were like, mm-hmm. what are we looking at? Yeah. <laughs> this looks bad. It looked like a yeah. 360 game. Uh, so some of it was really good. Like the opening part before it got into gameplay with that character, his face animated in a way that was not, it, it was, it was, stylized to a degree but i thought it looked fantastic and it looked um, better it looked better than previous halo games that's for sure yeah and and (laughs) and um the the lighting and stuff some of that was really impressive early on but then as soon as it got in motion everything from now we're in the the suit to the end of the demo i was like this looks rough this looks like an alpha or which it probably may have been i don't know um or it looks like you know an old halo not even yeah, as good it, as Halo. It looks 5, like Halo. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I did appreciate a lot of it is intentional. That mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah, did look fluid. So. It did I look think, very fluid. And I think to some extent, some of that simplicity in the art design is down to um, gameplay making it. Uh, it's a stylistic choice to an extent. I think some of the like yeah. smooth textures and lack of tessellation and lack of complexity in like geometry is there. Yeah because they want you to move very fast through those areas and kill things and be able to visually identify targets and stuff very quickly, which is maybe will be borne out into really fantastic gameplay. I don't know. 
uh, I believe they have said as much that it is like a deliberate choice to like yeah. harken back to Halo One, uh, which is particularly I mean, that because, could be cool in in yeah in totality, it, but. They're just, I, I think that, again, like, like every event so far, the messaging has been questionable and Money, they yeah. talked up like, oh, we're going to see Halo, you know, Halo Infinite gameplay and then walked away going, yeah, I guess that that was gameplay. It kind of <laughs> met my expectations personally, but I understand that for other people, they wanted something more. I, I was, I'm, I'm like a lapsed Halo fan. I loved everything through Reach and ODST, but I totally fell off after three, four. I mean, I played Halo four and some of five, and I just didn't like them. Um, mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, I got to say we can run down this list. And if you uh, have thoughts and or feelings about the, any of these games, please uh, speak up. What were you going to say? Hold your peace before we move. I was going to say, I could not care any less about Halo. And I'm not going to play that game like this. There's like, I would say less than 1% chance I'll play that game. Um, the, the thing that I saw, um, and maybe we should talk about this at the end is that the reception to this whole event was fairly negative, um, including in our chat, mm-hmm. except for Pat. I think Pat was kind of warm on it. I wouldn't say hot on it, but at least warm. Whereas the rest of us were compared pretty, to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like the rest it, of us, there were, was just stuff that they talked about in this that I liked more than at other events. But. Right. And, but I think, and again, uh, maybe I should keep these thoughts till the end until we talk about all the games, but maybe it's also good to talk about it at the start to set expectations. But I think something interesting that Microsoft has been doing where like we look at Sony and we look at all these individual games that were like, yeah, I want to play that. Oh, I want to play bug snacks. Yeah. I want to play miles Morales, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, and that event was a success for a lot of people, uh, even though Sackboy was there and it looked like garbage, but like it's Sony's approach was very much in the traditional video game industry sense of how we look at things, how we look at press conferences for E3 and stuff like that. And Microsoft is approaching things from a completely different angle because of Game Pass and because of xCloud. And they aren't really caring about generations as much. They're not caring as much about selling you a box with a disc in it with this individual game. They're selling you a service which has access to all of these things. And... Like they're what it seems like their approach is kind of take more risks, put throw thing more things at the wall for people to see what sticks for them. And then like there's a lower risk because there's a lower barrier to entry, quote unquote barrier to entry by purchasing one service and trying all of these things rather than, you know, getting each individual thing as a discrete purchase. And Mm -hmm. I think why that's relevant in particular to Halo is when I look at that stuff, I go. Oh, the stuff they showed is like whatever. It could be interesting. I don't really. It doesn't move the needle for me that much either way. Yeah. But knowing how they're they've approached, um, frankly, State of Decay, which we'll get more in a second. Um, Forza, um, Sea of Thieves. They've put these games out, and then a lot of the Master Chief Collection too have come out, and people have been pretty tepid on them. And then right. they've taken the time to listen to feedback and put something together that is much more cohesive and interesting to specific player bases. So to me, I look at that Halo Infinite stuff and I'm like, there's the bones of something that could be really cool there. It could come out and it could be a massive disappointment. But I actually have some confidence that if that happens, then maybe a year after it comes out, it will be something that I want to check out because they have done a really good job of support 
because they're looking at a lot of stuff as services, but not from a traditional games as service model either for more of a, these are discrete experiences that exist on a larger service. So I think that is ultimately why I was positive, more positive than I think most people on a lot of the stuff. Cause I sort of take the long view on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think th- looking at it that way is interesting. And I think it is a good move on Microsoft's part, even if I in particular found this event pretty underwhelming too. But anyways, yeah. if we want to jump into the games, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah, we, these we, games. Yeah, that yeah, are, say, I, I have thoughts, but I know that we want to move on. So, yeah, we can we can kind of circle back around to that, but yeah, we sure. can talk about the games first, and then we can talk about you know the value or perceived value of this event and whatnot. Uh, so next up was a State of Decay three. Pat, I imagine you care somewhat about this. Totally, State of Decay is super interesting and really really cool. And I'm someone who is so sick of zombies, um, but State of Decay is like really really interesting. It's janky, broken in some ways, but. Uh, way more bold and trying interesting new things than most games in the space for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Forza Motorsport in, but in, no in, date in my, no, in, my good. in my notes I have for Forza Motorsport Forza, uh, Forza, Forza Motorsport. Motorsport Forza Motorsport I have it pretty. Yep. It looks yep. good. Mm-hmm. It it them wheels is round basically. <laughs> if, if, if it looks like that. I mean, it was it was a rendered in engine. If the wheels aren't right, round, so they like, fucked up. Like that's, yeah, that's well, true. Cars don't. I, trust me, as an F one fan, I can tell you, cars don't work. Wheels don't go round. And it's also uh, interesting that it is Forza Motorsport, not Forza Motorsport Nine. Eight, it's nine, eight, eight, nine. Nine. It's nine. Yeah, I think it's nine. Anyway, it'll be a, it'll totally be like a platform mm-hmm. thing. Like it's that 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 will be the only yeah. Forza Motorsport that the only Forza Motorsport skew that releases on Xbox Series it, X will be that. One. It's that's the only thing that makes sense with yeah. the Game Pass stuff now is just make it a platform that people you have to maybe you have to buy the new cars or something or battle passes but, or whatever. Racing yeah, passes, yeah, whatever. something. But they'll they'll well, monetize like, it beyond the beginning. Doesn't Forza the games Horizon... aren't so different from. Doesn't doesn't Forza yeah. Horizon Four have a battle pass? It's sort of. It's, it's like got a, a season pass, never ending season pass of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The big the big touchstone is F one twenty twenty, a fantastic game which has the podium pass, which is a dumb name for that. <laughs> oh, it was the battle royale uh, thing I was thinking about. Anyways, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, next up is Everwild, the new game from Rare, which yeah. was teased at some point. Uh, before, but now we yeah, got like a trailer. Trailer, it was a really, uh, looks kind of Mononoke ish. Oh yeah, very much. But like, I would need to see gameplay before making solid. Yeah, there's choices. like nothing about how it, what what it is. Like it was just uh, it was, because they don't know what the game is. Right. Yeah, they they said, yeah still that's trying what they to said. That is that out. they're like they're it's still like up in the air. Like it looks really really good, yeah, and and I like the vibe of it a lot, but. Yeah, the the, also, the, the nature. Is it? Sorry, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to jump over you. No. Uh, no, the uh, the nature uh, focus and the sort of cycle of life kind of concepts that they're doing with it appeals to me a lot. So it's I'm, I mean yeah yeah. And Sea of Thieves is awesome. So I mean now yeah. it wasn't great when it launched, but it is so cool now. So I trust them to do cool stuff with that yeah. and unique stuff with that. And and to me, it kind of looked like they were hearkening back to old school rare, like what you would see on N64, like kind of just, 
I, I can't say Fur Day. No, not quite. Um, I'm, I'm talking good. Donkey rare. Kong 64. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Like in in terms of like just kind of like it seems more lighthearted. It like um, when the deer at the end is all glowy. I was like that reminds me of Jiggies from Banjo Banjo Kazooie. Funny, I got the opposite from it, which is wow. This is going to be an emo. They're trying to go for deep heartstring. Oh, totally here. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I was also wanting to go with is it does remind me of princess Mononoke in that like, yeah. it is going for like a more emotional story. That's, you know, kind of touching those heartstrings. So it's interesting. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting. I hope it's collaborative in the way Sea of Thieves is. And then yeah. they figure out what that game is before the world ends. Yeah. So you can uh, play accordion and puke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, next up. Tell me why the newest game from Don't Nod, which we got some information about at some point before. Uh, this yeah. is the game with the trans main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Every time I see this game, it looks. I mean, obviously that's amazing, but at the same time, I mean, it could be amazing. Let's put it that way, firmly. But mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it looks like very uninteresting to me. But one thing that's cool that they did was they put out a big back that basically was a way to navigate content warnings surrounding some of that content. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it asks specific questions about like, does this game include uh dead naming? Um, what kind of trauma is, should have like, what is there this kind of trauma in the game? And then it's like, Oh, spoilers, but here's the answer. If you want to know before you play it, which I think is super oh, that's cool. Really and good. Like, every Especially... video game should do that regardless yeah. of what the content is. So it's cool. Yeah, no, that was really, really cool. I I don't know <clears throat> if I'll play it, but it was just very interesting to see that this is a, a game where one of the main characters is named Allison and they have a sibling who is uh, trans. And I'm like, okay, this is coming real close <laughs> to home for me. <laughs> it's very, it it very interesting. So I, I might have to play it just because of that... Uh, the very specific connection. Except it looks like they have to shoot their mom at some point, which oh. I don't think is. Which is a, not what I would do. No. Um, I'm, hey, it's it's a don't nod game. There's probably choices. Who knows? Yeah. That, Maybe. That was in the trailer. I'm not. That was not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, I'd yeah, like to make I, it I very think... clear that that is not how I would approach things. <laughs> they also clarified in their in their, in their fact that that is any any of that is not related to like transphobia. So. Mm, mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, the uh, what was it? Uh, d- uh, d- the game that I play, uh, Life is Strange Two. There, there it is. Life is Strange Two. I thought was very good last year, and uh, so I'm, you know, I'm on board for more Don't Nod stuff. I don't think this is the same team. I believe yeah. this is a different like team they, at uh, Don't Nod, but they make high quality I mean, stuff. I can just never get into it. I've tried Life is Strange. Go fuck yourself, Pat. <laughs> hey, I'm the same. I've I've never finished either of the Life is Strange games. Yeah, I loved uh, Life is Strange one, and I liked uh, was it Into the Storm. Was the second mm-hmm. one? I, I, the, I never played that one. Before the, the storm, but, yeah. Uh, before the storm, yeah. Uh, excuse me, uh, but uh, I hadn't gotten to two yet. I think it just uh, the the topics they were broaching was a little bit too much for me at the time. Uh, but I, I respect what they're doing, and I, I trust them more than others to try to broach a sensitive topic with respect. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep, definitely. Especially, I, I would say, especially after Life is Strange 2, I think they did a much better job of kind of handling some of the more yeah. sensitive subjects than they might have done in the first one. 
Uh, next up on our list of games is Ori is coming to PC or no Ori is on PC Ori is getting a 120 120 FPS mode for console there's whatever Uh, they're making use of that feature and that game will look good at 120 FPS if you play it on a monitor or a TV that has it and most people won't I bounced off that game really hard but I got to get back to it I think I want to play the PC version now that it hopefully is not as janky I got stuck somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it was a mess <laughs> on PC when it came out. I tried it on Xbox yeah. and it still didn't really. I I, I, it was because I had just played the first Ori. So I think I just was worried out when it came out. Yeah. I, I loved the start of, the, of Ori uh, too, but uh, yeah. then, then Alex made me pay, play a bunch of weird betas that uh, <laughs> got in the way of uh, me playing a damage I was enjoying. So uh, I'll have to dip back to that too. <laughs> Yeah, that's well. That's our solemn promise to you. If you ever come back, we will never make you play anything. Oh, thank God! Can uh, you can you guys be my like pod stepfather or something like that, and let me uh, we'll, we'll, come away we'll, for like, do a swap? You, uh, Super GG can have Sam. And we get Joel. <laughs> the one uh, person right. who's not here. <laughs> exactly. Well, also the one person who is barely on the podcast right now because he has fatherly duties. As with a newborn child, not newborn anymore, but a young child. That'll do it. Uh, yeah, that'll teach them. <laughs> force people to play anything, you're going to lose them. Uh, Speaking of being forced to play world. things oh. that I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you should be totally excited about this, Pat. Uh, well, Outer Worlds is uh, got DLC coming. Kelsey Beecham, who wrote for The Outer Wilds, has worked on this peril on Gorgon DLC for the world. More or less wrote Outer Wilds along with Alex Beecham is the creator of the Outer Wild of Outer Wilds. Um and then Kelsey wrote pretty much the whole story, you know, with him, but primarily her. Um so yeah, this is a this DLC is something I want to play even though I did not like the the base mm-hmm. Outer Worlds at all. <laughs> uh <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Grounded, aka Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This game rules, by the way. <laughs> is is it out? Is it a beta? Is no, a, there was a demo out? during the Steam Summer Games Fest. Oh, okay. Mm. okay, it was really fun. Like it's a survival game, so if you don't like that at all, you won't like it. Not but at all. It is. It is. It is. Um, it is not a survival game where it's like, oh, let's build our base and then fight waves of enemies or whatever. It is a survival <laughs> game that's like you're basically playing Fallout, but instead of having a town to go to, you need to build your infrastructure yourself. Um, Cause it, it still is very much like, Oh, you have a quest and there's a pin on the map and you go there and then you fight a thing and then you get a piece of lore it's, and, and a, a weapon or something. It's so it's, it's not really like a survival game in the Minecraft or, or rust sense. It's, it's much more of a narrative uh, RPG that also is one where you have to build up a shelter. Survival games are ones where theme really matters to me. Like I, I find State of Decay interesting, and I enjoyed number two for the dozen hours I played it, but I kind of fell off because I'm a little tired of the post-apocalyptic stuff. Sure. Uh, and the fact that it is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it's just like <laughs> they're, they're appealing to my nostalgia, kind of like... Yeah. You guys notice in stores anymore, they're pandering to our generation a lot more. <laughs> Oh, sure. they sure are. Like it's it's a toxic brew of uh, consumerism that you have to fall, you know, keep far away from. And I, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm really interested in that because of this. You know, the Honey I Shrunk the Kids vibe it has. Sure, definitely. Uh, uh, well, oh yeah. 
yeah, it's 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 cool, and I think um, it's fun that it's like it's Honey Attractor Kid, but it's also like utterly terrifying when you turn around and there's a huge ant. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Honey I Shrunk the Kids, baby. I know it's cool. It's 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 it's, it's good. Um, next up, we've got Avowed, also from Obsidian. That is their new RPG. Uh, it, I don't know. People keep saying it's like Skyrim. It looked like Skyrim to, but, in that trailer, but also. That game's probably not out for another like two, three, two and a half, three years. Yeah, um, uh, I imagine Obsidian so. has better writing than uh, Bethesda in their games generally. So uh, if it's good to play, um, then I would enjoy that very much because Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite series. But even I could admit that like Obsidian doing that was was mm-hmm. really exciting. So, well, also it's good. probably going to be. Oh, it's gonna be a long ass time before Elder Scrolls Six shows up. I mean, I imagine Starfield's at least a year or two off. So yeah, I have a feeling Elder Scrolls Six could end up being a very important game for Bethesda Softworks. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and eh, they've got the Elder Scrolls Online. They'll be fine. Uh, no, but for that studio in particular. Like oh, yeah, or maybe not not mm-hmm. not. I don't have any worries about Zenimax or Bethesda as like a mm-hmm. larger publishing company, but for like specifically for that developer that makes the Elder Scrolls and Fallout games, I could see they Elder just Scrolls need to repackage Skyrim and they'll be fine important. again. <laughs> yeah, every, but every copy of Elder Scrolls Six comes with a copy of Skyrim. It's at a certain dumb. point, Fallout seventy six was rough, and Fallout four was rough, and uh. If 76 Starfield, was a different studio. Yeah, but it was sort of a different it was studio. Their if you name, look at but the, it wasn't if you watch like the Noclip the... documentary, they worked pretty closely on it too. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, yeah, they they're they're a little on the rocks. They haven't had a win for a bit. <laughs> um and they could really yeah. use one. Uh all right, next up, As Dusk Falls. Uh it's this one just a, went a visual novel. I don't know. Right flew right on past me. And I waved goodbye. <laughs> it just kept going. I I vaguely uh, remember thinking it looked fine. It it yeah. so the art looked good. The uh, art did look like, good. But I thought it was an interesting I, vibe. I thought Rami Ishmael had a really good tweet. Kind of, I think he was subtly subtweeting this game. That was like, you know, what would be an interesting place to set a game? A lone highway in, and then he named like five countries that weren't the United States. <laughs> Because well, it's just like, yeah, yet another one of these, man. <laughs> like, uh, there, there's is parts this... where it's, you know, if it's if they're an American company, I don't, I don't know about these. No, days, I know, but, yeah, of course. There's, there's yeah. a lot to unpack there, but yeah, I just was like, I don't need another story in the American Southwest as an American. <laughs> but it could be good. Could be cool. I don't know. Uh, Joel, you were going to say something. Oh, I think I was just trying to time you what you said. If if it's a U.S. based developer, you know, Isn't people the developer people drop. Europe? Sorry. Oh, I I thought the Europe, the developer was European for this. Oh, I didn't well, know. Fuck I was them! Just... What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> no, and I would not say fuck them in any case. Like, Wait, I'm not. Let me see if I can I, find I just that. did. But but that does that does make me wonder how well they're going to be able to draw on the American experience, uh, given their background. Like, just what I was going to say is, it, it makes sense to me a U.S based developer with a team centralizing the United States are going to tell a story that's personal to them. And, and they might still have an interesting story to tell 
from the outside looking in. So there's still a good possibility to have a, a valuable lesson and a story to tell about it. But it makes me wonder from, you know, how they're going to be able to really tell yeah. it in a powerful way. You know? Looks like they're London based. Yeah, it looks like they're London based. Okay, and yeah. the person who was talking that the, the reason I thought so is that the person who was talking about it um, on the, uh, uh, on the Xbox stream was French. So, uh, yeah. who lives in London and that's where they're based. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It didn't yeah. grab me. Uh, all right. Hellblade two. This also, is the only game I'm excited about. <laughs> and, and, well, and they showed nothing about it to be able to maintain that excitement for a long time. Cause yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? Boy, that game's not coming yeah, out we just soon. don't know anything other than that it's an epic RPG. It's like has fucking sick ass art. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, see some, check out Iceland uh, location diaries. Yeah, yeah. Iceland is a yeah. fucking rad place to set a video game. Speaking oh of yeah, like need more video. Iceland games. as a location is is yeah. so cool. Um, I just love the first one so much, and y'all slept on it so hard that first still, game of the yeah. year. I'm gonna play <laughs> it this I was, year. I was there with you. Yeah, I really need to play it. with me, but Pat, you need to play this game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I will really connect with it. I'm sure it, I will because yeah. it, it was it was a blind spot for me too. And, and but that trailer at the Dame Awards really just <sighs> was like I need to I need to see what the original was. Yeah, and where they're drawing this from. The art style is like very in one of my like pantheon of like the kinds of art that really speak to me that like horror norse art is very high on that list so yeah. for sure um, I, it, it, yeah it's it's powerful and terrifying right yeah. just the the visuals that go with yeah hellblade one it has an issue where the moment-to-moment gameplay where you're doing the puzzles isn't always the greatest like yeah uh, and the combat is sometimes a little meh but like the story and the delivery and the presentation is what you're really there for. And hey, the, you're talking to a diehard Assassin's Creed fan. You don't have to sell me any further. <laughs> you want to talk about some meh combat <laughs> and questionable moments, moment gameplay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely that. If you can go into that knowing that that's yeah. what to expect, like I think you'll yeah, I'll dig it. yourself. Yeah. All right. Speaking of well, meh moments, moment gameplay. <laughs> Psychonauts two best. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I really want to like Psychonauts, and I hopefully the uh, this new one's really like I love the aesthetic and I love the atmosphere yeah. of Psychonauts, but man, some of that platforming in the first one is 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 rough. I have is we've come a long I have way. One grievance to air. I love Tim Schafer. He's one of my favorite people, probably on the planet, like top 100 people that I like. He, Don't I met him at dare besmirch Jack Black. I met. I'm not about to. I love Jack Black. Also, he's probably on that list too. I met Tim Schafer at PAX ten years ago, and he was an incredibly nice and really cool dude. Um, he watched me play a Brutal Legend demo. That was awesome. Uh, the man needs to stop putting Jack Black in front of a microphone and then have it not be what another did I just Brutal tell Legend you? game. <laughs> oh, okay. no it's not okay, jack black's fault. okay when he was when they were like oh we're gonna do the song the song's gonna be good i was like i was like are they announcing another brutal legend yeah I wasn't, yeah wasn't one of them wearing a brutal legend shirt too yes i believe yeah. jack black was and jack hey, black has said you know numerous times he would do another brutal legend and tim schaefer has said numerous times he would do another brutal legend so it's like hey now they've got me. now they've got money exactly uh, to throw around because as like an independent studio, I think that's a little bit harder to justify. Totally, yeah, yeah. 
But, but this now is that the, Microsoft owns them, like, okay, sure, Brutal Legend 2, do it. I thought this, this was is, my moment. This is the Pixar thing where they do five Toy Stories so we can get Up and Wally and or, yeah. uh, in, Inside Brutal Out. Legend 2. Or, yeah. or alternatively, uh, oh, damn it, what's his name? Dude, what directed Happy Feet and then eventually got, came back to Mad Max. George Miller. So they're going the George Miller route. His route is so bizarre because it's like Mad Max, Mad Max, Mad Max couple other movies uh one of one of them is the medical drama lorenzo's oil and then (laughs) you have happy feet you have uh babe pig in the city then happy feet one happy feet two and then mad max fury road and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand but i you gave me fury road so i don't need to understand he needs to direct like five or six kind of weird not necessarily bad but not great movies. movies to then direct like the best movie of the decade. That's fine with me. Yeah. And <laughs> if, Road's so good. If, if double fine does the same thing, all the better, but yeah. I will say that. Are, tra- are, that are you telling me you think brutal legend two could be the best game the pro- of the day? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you never know. The problem I, that they, I feel like comparing brutal legend to uh fury road is like a very, very, I, I also really like brutal legends. So. I do. <laughs> it's I do good. Know. I like brutal. Legend um, it's too. a game, but, but like, <laughs> but, uh, the, um, they need to do Brutal Legend 2 while Ozzy Osbourne is still with us. <laughs> um, so, but, well, gotta get on that. If, if, if Psychonauts can uh, make the uh, platforming good, I, I will be on so on board for it. Yeah. Honestly. And, yeah. and one thing about that trailer is it, it had the double fine weirdness you want. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was a really good trailer. I'm going to force myself to, to slog through Psychonauts 1, even though we've I, 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 I want here. you to Some give me your stuff. commentary while you play it, honestly. <laughs> I should that's my, add it to the list of things I should stream. <gasps> you should stream. Oh, my God. I would watch your, your entire stream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next up, we're going to skip the Destiny 2 talk because they, they didn't uh, announce uh, it. Sam's not here, relevant. so we don't need to. <laughs> they uh, cool <laughs> new gameplay stuff, but it's not. Yeah. It's coming it's, to Game Pass, which is, I think, the most notable thing. Uh, the you'll thing be able Big to play Destiny all the DLC via Game Pass. Wait, the sorry. Big Destiny wait, wait, heads are sorry. Into... Wait, did you just say Destiny heads like that's a thing? Yeah, whatever. The thing Big <laughs> Destiny heads are into is Guardians. You can throw, I mean, like we can, know Sam. Guardians. You can throw uh, <laughs> platforms like the the crystal making the crystal platforms thing that they showed is like I I know some Destiny people who are like. This changes everything. Oh my god! So it was a big deal to some people, but we can move on. Uh, Stalker Two. All right, so we got two hours and sixteen minutes on the on the clock. Yeah, let's double that. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> uh, Stalker Two was From announced trailer ten, that showed nothing. Stalker Two was announced ten years ago. Yeah, it was tall. The first Stalker is still one of the best open world games of all time, by the way. It's really and excellent. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, this was basically just a greatest, a rendered greatest hits trailer of the cool shit from the first Stalker. So we don't know anything about it. They put out a fact and they said, sure, there are choices you can make that impact the story. So the reason that I would caution everyone to be skeptical about Stalker is it was announced 10 years ago and in the time since has always, it's always been a question as to how in development it really is. Mm. And I don't, there's no reason to believe that it's more in development now than it was 10 years ago, aside from the fact that apparently Microsoft was sold on it being a real thing. 
So yeah, I, who knows? Uh, but Stalker is fucking awesome, and you should read Roadside Picnic. Yes. So you're saying it's kind of like Beyond Good and Evil too? Yeah. But even less like GSC Game World isn't doesn't even have the resources that Ubisoft has. So like. Okay. I believe that beyond good and evil two has been in development forever and actually worked on whether it'll ever come out. Who knows? Stalker is like, it's like if one of us at this point, it's like if one of us said, Hey, we're making stalker two and happen to own (laughs) the, the logo for GSC game worlds. And I swear it's being worked on, but I don't have any proof. Now here's my Kickstarter. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So we'll see. We need a Kickstarter for Cargo, a quest for Gravity 2, if we're going for Russian games. See, Ice Pick Loge is a very access like very accessible as in you can you could get them. We could probably get them on this show because there <laughs> there's like four people at that studio. Yeah. They make rad shit. Anyway. Anyways. All right. Well, speaking of rad shit. Hell yeah. Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. I like I stood up out of my chair. I was like screaming in my house. I'm trying to find the messages you sent to yeah. our chat because you're yeah. like, I think you said I'm literally shitting my pants right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I was. I. I. It was. It was so much fun to be in that chat with you. Honestly, it was. It was like the Vin, that Vince McMahon fuck that guy, but it was like that Vince <laughs> McMahon gif in real time because I was like, it was like, this looks like a this looks like a like 40k, and then I noticed the eagle icon on the gun and i was like this is 40k and then they said inquisitor and then i sat back a little further and then it flashed (laughs) the fat shark logo and i did the like fall back backwards in my chair thing because at that point i knew what it was already yeah there's something in our chat where you're like they said inquisitor and it was so good i was so Uh, happy um yeah vermintide is one of the coolest cooperative multiplayer games ever made it's fucking awesome it it is like every time i think like i should play destiny i'm like no i should play vermintide um not that it's like destiny but it's just a really amazing um left for dead like that includes like the best progression that that genre has ever seen and a cast of really really awesome characters that are, are like lovable and and fun excuse me so for them to just like call this game dark tide and directly make it clear that they are mapping the vermintide experience to 40 K is so cool. I cannot wait. It's, it's going to be presumably awesome. Like it's yeah. vermintide is one of the worst communities in gaming. Cause they'll do things like they'll change like the parry time on an, on attacks and then people will steam review bomb it and be like, this game sucks. Now fat shark doesn't know how games work. They ruined it when it's like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> People with like 4,000 hours played will change the review to a thumbs down and say like, until they make this sword do four more damage again, this game is the worst game ever made. Don't be fooled. If you see shit like that, that game rips. And Dark Tide is very exciting. I, I just hope right. someone, I hope someone says Space Marine. They won't because you're not going to play a Space Marines. That's part of why it's so exciting. Right, but like, they, I, I, they, I, hope a, I hope a Space Marine shows up at some point and then some Space Orc goes, Space Marine, and then I'm like, fuck yeah. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I don't think right. this is going to be the game for you. Damn it. <laughs> well, can I recommend in that case Tetris Effect Connected, which is just Tetris uh, Effect but with multiplayer DLC. Yeah. The ultimate Space Marine game. Yeah, 
space whales, but I, we're all space marines. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could not be less excited. I love Tetris Effect, but I think collaborative Tetris is fucking awful because you don't have control over the other players. So, like, if one person fucks something up and it mm. like breaks the whole board, then everybody gets upset, and then it's just That's not. Why it's, it's great. It's, no, that. I don't know how I feel like that would that gels with Tetris Effect exactly because like. For me, at the t- with Tetris Effect, the, the the best part of it was just getting so in the zone yeah. and yeah. getting so, like, you're listening to the music, you're playing the Tetris. Uh, I was playing with VR, so th- I had, like, zero distractions, and it was just, like, this, like, very, you know, focused experience. And I don't know, like, if, if you could make that work multiplayer, that'd be really cool, but I just don't know so yeah. how. It's really meditative. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, when I played Tetris Effect, the year came out for Game of the Year, so we could talk about it. Because I knew Erica wanted to talk about it. And I played it on PS4 on a flat screen and was like, yeah, this is cool. Tetris is good. I would rather play like normal Tetris, though, where I can focus more on like the game itself. And then it came out on Oculus Quest. And last week I played, I still haven't got back to it. I will. I played the first level on Oculus, Oculus Quest and I had to take it off because I started crying at the end of it. It's it gets so, like, like emotional. <laughs> yeah. When you're like, when you're, when it's actually all around you, it's like, oh my God. It's this- like, it's a real, it's a, it's a mood. It's yeah. <laughs> that game yeah. when you're doing it uh, in yeah. VR. And but the thing, yeah. Tetris Effect Connected does ruin all of that. And everyone here is totally right. But what it means is I can sit with my friends and we can all play and we can collaborate and we can be like, look at this. We're about to get like four Tetrises in a row. This is so cool. And then I can be like, hmm, where should I put this long piece, guys? I don't know where to put it. Hmm. I don't know what. Oh, oh, whoops. I put it vertical on the top of the tower and now we lost. Ha. <laughs> So I'm already mad at you. (laughs) Yes. So it sounds like I I didn't see this part of it, but it sounds like they're trying to thread the needle between uh, having that multiplayer Tetris experience while still having that visualizer effect going on and making it so it's more like a group experience. Competitive, which is why there is competitive in it too, though. Okay. There. It it is because it didn't come with multiplayer at all. Like there were like yeah. leaderboard things, but now it's just there is collaborative and competitive multiplayer. And I want to ruin a board so bad. I but want everyone. You, what to if you have could the, get history's greatest monster? Yeah, I want to have the emotional <laughs> high of like completing that first level together with the music going, and then just and just totally destroy ruin it. it. We're all I wouldn't do that to anyone here. Space. I, I, I would do it to people that I already have a loving but antagonistic occasionally friendship with. So, so that's not with us. Wow. No. No. That, I have totally misunderstood everything about our friendship. Well, uh, yeah, I shouldn't play maybe with Maybe Pat guys. should be the one you trade off for me then. <laughs> that would I don't think be, you uh, want me. <laughs> Super GG would have a very different tone. Yeah, it's suddenly upset the, by the end. The length of Super GG suddenly tripled. And now yeah, it's only about sure. Total War. There would be a lot of talk about Total War and Flight Simulator. <laughs> um, let's see. Next, we got from the Steam World team for bright games such as Steam World Dig, Steam World Quest. Now comes. The gunk. This yeah. is probably the one that stood out most to me personally. Um, it's a great name. It looks it looks really fun, and I and 
it, it, the trailer looks good, and and then it, and, but then it said from like the from the Steamworld devs, and I'm like, okay, I I feel like I can trust them, yeah, to make a good yes. game. So because um, like I, I I've liked Steamworld Quest, but like I especially loved the Steamworld Dig games. Yeah. So oh yeah, Dig, Dig Two is amazing. Dig yep. Two is so good. Um, yeah, so I I'm excited about this, and uh, hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. I'm only upset that we didn't decide to call this podcast the gunk because <laughs> I guess I just never thought that name would be available. And apparently it we, is. We could, we could have a, we could have a lawsuit on our hands. If we had just done <laughs> things differently, we could be making millions of dollars. Also the gunk is a really good name. It is. And is, is that too? They never, all the previous Steamworld games were all 2d, right? Like yes. this, this is the first 3d game from them Did that I, I can think of. Heist is 2D. So. Heist is 2D as well. Heist yeah. is 2D, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Quest is definitely 2D, and so is di- uh, are, the, are the digs. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'd cool. like to see yeah. what they can no, do it, it, in a 3D. It also stick. had like Mario Sunshine vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mario Sunshine, Shine. but good would be great. Shine it's a cool well, Mario Sunshine's a good game, but uh, <laughs> I, there's we'll lots of video evidence this later to, this year. <laughs> for the, yeah, hopefully we will. I, I'm I'm excited to well, rediscover the the joys of Mario Sunshine. Now imagine right. the gunk, but it's just Mario with like his his water backpack in there, going wahoo! I thought you were going to say <laughs> imagine the gunk, but there's two worlds and a a a, 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 a traumatized woman at the center of it, <laughs> like in the medium. So, uh, that the looks medium looks cool. Actually, had. Like one of the only like oh this is like a next gen like mm-hmm. thing like mm-hmm. and well you know it's on PC so like obviously there's ways they can do this but the one of the big selling points is they've got two worlds that are running simultaneously that are like I don't know the uh like demon world or whatever and like the regular human world and things happen in both. It, but they didn't really detail how it works. They just kind of showed like, oh, she's doing one thing in one world and she's doing the same thing in another world. But like, it looks different. Yeah. Hopefully it's. Yeah. That seems yeah. like it could be really cool. Yeah. Some, some Silent yeah. Hill vibes yeah. like it, that, that game. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. anticipating that game for sure. Yeah. Hopefully it's kind of a blend uh, between like that bit in Dishonored 2 and that bit in Titanfall 2. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, it's up for pre-order on Steam. It's only $50 on Steam. Um, which is great because so, that's where I will play it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess if it's on Game Pass, I'll probably play it on that. But it will, it PC. will be on Game Pass, but it probably on uh, PC Game Pass. Probably, I assume. Hopefully, I don't know. Uh, almost done. They got only the hottest of bangers left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy Fantasy Star Online Two New Genesis New Genesis Neon, just, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I don't, I don't have a lot of opinions on this because I don't play Fantasy Star Online Two, but you should really look up the video of them explaining what this thing is because one, it's cool that they did that because it actually outlines very clearly what this thing is at this, and also this thing is weird. <laughs> it is such a wild ass video. That was refreshing okay. and funny. Well, I believe if you tune in next week to our week show, after. you can hear week after. a week after. Okay. In two yeah. weeks, we can hear uh, Jeff Davis. Yeah. They have uh, a, il- they have a, a illuminate long history. Us. Jeff has a long history with uh, the history of fantasy star. 
Um, okay. So they have some thoughts that they wanted to share. All right. And n- not quite last, but certainly the best. Yes. X going to give it to you. Yeah. Oh my God. Crossfire X <laughs> yes. with a, a slow cover of X going to give it to you. Yes. I, f- I forget who it was in our chat who was like, is this like a, like a slow remix of Sam. X going to give it to you? And Sam was right. They, was. They've been using it for a while. This isn't like the first time they've rolled it out. Either. I never, I used to think like it wasn't actually that, even though it was evoking that. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it truly was just that. And it's so funny. It's like the perfect use it, of the slow, it's, solemn it's cover. Prior to this, it, my favorite was the use of the slow cover of In the End by Linkin Park in the Magic the Gathering oh. trailer <laughs> that came out a couple year, a year and a half ago. You, you made that up. That's no, not real. It's real. Oh, it is, it oh is, my it is amazing. <laughs> I feel bad that I spoiled it for people because it's better if you don't know what it is coming in. Because it, it it's like it slowly comes in and there's like this slow motion epic stuff going on. And then it goes, it starts with one. And you're like, no, 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 no. This isn't what this is going to be. And then it is that. And it's great. But and it's, some hand comes down and dramatically taps some mana. <laughs> no it's like a fantasy like in universe trailer not people playing magic the gathering uh that would be even better if it was yes, people it playing would. magic the gathering um but yeah this crossfire x trailer i'm excited for this game it's the single player part is, the multiplayer that's, is whatever that's but two old ass games to finish off with well let me tell you alex there's one more thing oh shit fable baby uh we know nothing yeah. about it they're making a fable game. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, it's called fable. It's uh, They didn't say fable four. There was someone who actually leaked basically the entire lineup had fable MMO on their list. Yeah. And whatever. that was, um, not clarified, it, it, but they didn't say what it is. I so. bet for sure. It'll have social areas where you see other players running around. Well, I, I would almost yes. put money on that. It's made by, fable, it's made by playground. Well, and Fable yep. 2 already yeah. had the thing where you could see like orbs of light from people playing yeah. in the world. I think so it, Fable 1 even had it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but but it'll 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 totally have like you're in town and there's a person that runs by and it's someone on your friends list or whatever. Like it'll do that. It's not going to be an MMO in the sense that like World of Warcraft is an MMO though. I so doubt that. it is. Then that's I'm not very excited for that. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. I, I feel like MMOs are kind games. of a dangerous place to tread right now anyway. It seems like yeah, a pretty yeah. mature market, and uh, yeah. the couple that are successful are the ones that have sewn it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it looks, I mean, Fable's cool. So. They, they showed nothing in that trailer, but it's cool I, that it I, exists. I, I bet it's, there is no, no game yet. I bet they don't even, it's probably on a whiteboard. Like, I, I don't I even, mean, I bet there's not yeah. even much there. So they've, they've been building up that team is basically what's yeah, happening. For sure. So if it's, if it's playground games, are you going to be driving some car through uh, Albion or whatever? <laughs> well, they, they made a second team, uh, but yeah, but that would be pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. It's hard uh, to know. Cars. It is a, it is a separate team and it's a lot of new people. So it's hard to know like what the quality of the, talent there is but i mean playground has yeah. a pretty good pedigree and fable's cool and i think peter molyneux being as far away from that game as possible is probably the best thing for it <laughs> um, 
So yeah, probably. Uh, what about poor Milo? Free Milo. <laughs> uh, and bring Milo to Game Pass. Oh. Uh, yeah. So all the games that they showed are coming to Game Pass, and and so I think one of the interesting takeaways from this was how many games didn't say they were coming to Xbox One because they have said like for the first few years that all Microsoft first party games will be coming to both consoles available on Xbox One and Series X. But numerous games did not show Xbox One branding in their trailers, while others did. Uh, so I wonder if that means like those games are like three years out or, you know, I, what's I think that all that that is, is they don't know if it's, if they're going to be yeah. on Xbox one or not. I don't think it's some insidious, like, Oh, they said it's only going to be for two years after Xbox one X and there's no games coming out for two years. So of course I think it's more just like, they're just not sure what halo oh, is yeah. close enough that they can say it for sure. What that, where that game is at, but I just think they don't know. I mean, I don't Forza might be next year. Maybe it'll be in 2022 and outside the window. Like just, yeah. I also don't think that they're going to sacrifice the quality of the games to force them to run on Xbox one X. So I think if that means sitting on it a bit until that window has closed, that that's probably more likely than them trying to like put out a flawed version of it on the console. Then it's just why did they make that promise? Totally. Absolutely. Is, yeah. You know. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um uh, and they're supposed to have another event next month. Supposedly that'll be the Lockhart reveal and where we'll get pricing and probably some like launch lineup, like firmed up launch lineup details, dates, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was Lockhart supposed to be the digital only box that they're It's selling? supposed to be like the mid tier or like the lower end, like it, yeah, not as powerful. Basically like okay. the Xbox One S to the One yeah. X. So if we have a if we have a Xbox Series X, this would be the Xbox Series S. Which I assume yeah. is the con- naming convention we use. Is the Xbox so they discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S digital, but the One S is still in production. So it's possible there will be like a three-tiered system. Like there'll be the One S, the the Series S, and the One X. And you got SSX. Oh my god. Yes. And, and you strap your feet and you ski, you uh, you, <laughs> you ski two down games, uh, Amp four SSX. Those are your two skis that form mm. how you'll go down the mountain of the Xbox Series X. This mountain that's, of games available with yeah. Xbox Game Pass. That's, yeah, totally. That's pretty, it's pretty tricky. Yes. Yes. Very good. Well, you stuck the landing there. To, Great job. <laughs> it's tricky to uh, write a joke that's right on topic. It's tricky. Uh, so I, and I assume what they'll do is, what it'll be is, the Xbox Series X is the, like, you run the games locally and they look sick as fuck at 4K and it's great. The Xbox Series S will be the, you can play these games on this and it's, they, they still are, they run okay and they run at 1080p instead of 4K. And then the Xbox One S will be the, X Cloud's cool system, you know, like that seems like mm-hmm. the way it'll go. Yeah. Which is could be smart. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the Xbox talk, unless anyone's got any other thoughts. One yeah. thing I'll say is that the um, messaging near the end of the stream where it was basically like, hey, um, you, you, if you buy Series X, there will be 100 games available for it on Game Pass at launch, which is which I thought was like, OK, this is this is a solid marketing sales for for it. So, yeah, I was are, like, that's good, good marketing. Yeah, I think that comes back to what we were saying near the start that like Microsoft is approaching the whole thing differently than Sony. Where yeah. they yeah. really oh, totally. they totally care about the service, and I, yeah, I think, and, go ahead. Oh, uh, just a, I you know I I'm a lot closer to buying an uh, uh, a Series X as somebody that's never bought an Xbox system. Sure. Um, in part because I'm like Game Pass is so good <laughs> that I'm like yeah. I that having a dedicated uh, Game Pass box uh, on my um, like in my living room sounds pretty dang good. I just, I think all three of them are really taking a completely different tact and it's really yeah. interesting. Like it, Microsoft is leaning heavily into the services based side of things, which made sense given uh, the state of their business from what I've seen from my vantage point. Uh, you know, Sony seems to be hedging their bets because they, they've got the PlayStation now stuff. They got PlayStation plus, but like you said, they're, they're leaning heavily into marketing their exclusives uh, and it's still talking about you know physical product being available, and then Nintendo with their conservatism really is just you know self constraining and holding themselves back when it comes to the services side of things. Uh, whether it's because of like a protectionism with uh, their sort of family friendly looking nature, or kind of being almost like luddites <laughs> and afraid of of new technology, so. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And that's part of what's fascinating is just it feels like a big question mark right now. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. We're waiting on both the Microsoft and Sony to blink and actually reveal what's up with the console because right. they've shown games. We don't really know any like grander details outside of like Game Pass is... Microsoft is still pushing that, but that's nothing new other than them committing like, okay, all these games are on game going to be on game pass. I think we have a pretty clear picture of like what the PS five is, is from an like architectural standpoint and yes, hardware wise. And I think business wise, it's going to be the same thing as the PS four. You're going to buy 60 or probably $70 box games that you, that, or, or digitally that are discrete experiences that, that, they support the same way they've been supporting games for PS4. And I think it'll work really well for them. Um, I, I think that that has shown to be, they have an incredibly talented stable of first party studios that make extremely high quality from a technical perspective, at least games um, that usually have really tight gameplay. Uh, I think like my part of why I was warmer on the Xbox event than the Sony event is I'm not that excited for horizon two, which is really weird because horizon is one of my favorite games of the, this generation. But I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I guess we're going to do that again for 40 hours. And I look at Miles Morales and I'm like, yeah, Spider-Man was good. I guess we're going to swing around the same map with a better character for 20 hours. And like, I know God of War is coming and I'm excited to see the next story. But it's like, I feel like there's nothing for me to there's no mystery as to what the next five years look like for Sony to me. And I think that's like, I'm kind of like, I've done all this stuff. 
over the it, last 10 years, and I'd like to do something new now. Yeah, I think that's both a draw and a <laughs> yeah, setback, sure. because I know for a lot of people, that's like the idea of like, okay, I liked all these games. This is more of the same exciting, like that's what they want versus, whereas I, I totally understand your perspective as well. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, you know. Like the most interesting thing Sony showed was bug snacks and that's not a Sony game. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're being very iterative and it's, it's, it's hedging yeah. their bets because they want to maintain that market position they have. But, but there's a danger in that. And that's why Xbox should steal their lunch. I think, I don't even think it's going to be a question of, I think you're, you're right, but also it's not necessarily even going to be a question of like lunch stealing. It's more just like, I think it's going to work really well for them. I think that horizon two will probably, I could, I bet I could predict within <laughs> a three mark point margin of error, the Metacritic scores of the next five years of Sony exclusives. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, also, it's also one of those things where we've talked about this a little bit on the, on the cast before, but they're like, I'm going to buy a PlayStation five. Like it's so not, too, it's, yeah. it's not, it's an, and you are too. And it's just like, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that, Oh, I want these ex, uh, uh, exclusives. So I'm going to buy it. But at the same time, there's like not much excitement there to and me buying. I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to buy the PlayStation totally. 5. It's just more of like, it. it's more of like, well, I'm gonna, which I mean, still gets them the sale, but it's a, at the same yeah. time, like. And I'm gonna buy yeah. and play Horizon 2, and I'm probably gonna really enjoy it when I play it, but there's not that like, what's it gonna be? I mean, I know what that game is gonna be right now. And yes, I'd like to play it, but it's also not like that, like, like Deathloop, for example, is a like, man, I got to see what that is. I got to get a, get in there and, fe- and feel what that game is. And that's not the way I feel about Sony's first party games, you know? Um, so Yeah, like I loved Spider-Man. So I'm like, oh, I need to play Miles Dang. Morales. But like yeah. at the same time, I'm like, oh, I got to buy, but I got to buy a new box for that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Nintendo. Yes, yeah, Daniel did a direct. Speaking of the a, Luddites. A mini, a mini direct. Uh, a a partner showcase. <laughs> a mini. It was, it was eight minutes in the States. is longer in Japan and mm. where they showed two more games mm. that are coming out in the US. They just didn't show them in the what? American direct. Yeah. Huh. And apparently they look, I can't remember what they're called. Apparently they were like some of the most interesting things in that video. Because <laughs> that video um, is largely not interesting, except for the two games that are on our list to talk about. Yeah, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five is mm-hmm. coming finally okay. after being announced with at the Switch like announcement, yeah. like announced uh, at the same time. Yeah, tracks with the history of Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei games. Yeah, so Shin Megami Tensei Five coming next year, twenty twenty one. As well as Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD coming in 2021 as well. It was kind of funny following the stream on like Twitter because there are a lot of people who are like, I don't understand, except all the Shin Megami Tensei fans who are just like, Nocturne is, I don't think it's going to have aged particularly well from a content perspective because I was reminded that there's some stuff in there that's like, I don't know if we want to revisit that. But uh, the game's really good. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, look for that next year. Also in the news, Ghost of Tsushima is selling 
bonkers in Japan. It's just flying off the shelves. Sony is like, uh, yeah, stock. There's not a lot of it. The, I'm uh, still, which not surprising. Which that's I really want to write awesome. a review. It it's cool. I want to write a review for it still. And like in my head, where I'm at right now is like, I like Alex's hardline stance against half stars. So given that mm-hmm. this is the first time where I'm like, I don't know if I can just round it straight up to a four, but a three seems low. So it's a, it's a good game. It's interesting that it's selling so well. Yeah. I love that the uh, Japanese audience I mean, is super into like, it. The, uh, the, there's not a ton of games. Like there's like, uh, the, 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 what are the, Nobunaga's ambition. There's like Dynasty Warriors type games that are set in Japan, but like, I feel like there aren't a t- the, sure Shenmue. Have you seen any sailors? Oh god! <laughs> uh, but there aren't there aren't a ton of games that are set in Japan or like with samurai, which is kind of weird. There are there are certainly games that are set there, but historical. Japan. It's like a yeah sure. It, it's a yeah. big it's a big uh, release from Sony, and so. I'm not surprised that it's selling well. I'm surprised that like the localization is so well received, but without you know, that's not dismi- a, a super hard thing to do. Without dismissing anyone's um, uh, criticisms of that game and elements of it that may or may not be appropriative, I don't personally really have an opinion. I've just been trying to like listen to other people's more than anything. But I think it's interesting that the what I have read from a lot of Japanese press is the idea of like. Hey, it's really cool that a popular Western developer wants to make a game about our history and culture, which mm-hmm. is, again, I don't really have an opinion on like the like correctness of that, but I think it's really interesting that that is the tone that's that's well, that's yeah. sort of building up around that game. Well, so many Japanese devs and devs all over the world make games about American culture. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. you've got sweary, deadly premonition, or. You know, any Resident Evil from Capcom and stuff like that. Yeah, tons and tons and tons of just tons. Bayonetta. Yeah. And and to see a game that at least, you know, it may get it it gets some things wrong. Like, oh, the haiku wasn't invented then or, uh, you know, katanas weren't invented then. But yeah, yeah. That, you know, that goes to the trouble. Like they went through the trouble of making sure the localization was really good and it's you you know you're a samurai and you do cool shit the only weird part of that game is the ways in which it is like oh thank you lord samurai i have collected this wood for you i praise you i praise you is like okay actually samurai were not good (laughs) like they fucked over the working class just like every ruling class has in history but aside from that kind of fantasy element which is still like admittedly entertaining to play with in a game if you turn off that critical part of your brain um it it's a lot of that stuff is like liberties taken i think consciously i don't think that they like Mm -hmm. didn't know haikus were invented yet (laughs) yeah yeah and i i wonder what the uh the localization on those haikus is like because some people have said that the english stuff is not good at all so I wonder if they're yeah, not very but, good for sure. Yeah. So I wonder if the Japanese the localization of the haikus is better. Could be. Don't know. If, uh, push square to reflect on uncle. Uh, exactly. Next, next news story. 
Rocket uh, the, League. There was one push square to reflect on lovers. That one is very oh. good. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, Rocket League is going free to play. Speaking of lovers. Uh, no longer available for people on Steam to get. I wonder if that'll come back or I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, it's tough well, to say. Basically, the way they phrased it is that it's I think it's going to Epic Game Store, uh, but they're not taking it off of Steam. So if you have it on Steam, you can still access it. But if you're going in fresh, you're not going to get it on Steam. Yeah. OK, that's it's interesting because I want to say at first when they got acquired by epic they were like no 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 it'll be it's fine it'll be on steam it's fine and then it became like we're evaluating the future availability of this game (laughs) on other platforms and now it's like nope epic exclusive baby (laughs) which is what we all knew was going to happen from the beginning yeah uh yeah but whatever uh rocket league it's good yeah it's a great yeah it's a great game it, it already has all those free-to-play kind of hooks in it already yeah right so like i'm like not the- terribly i mean even before the acquisition like the, if this had happened i'd be kind of like oh yeah that makes sense so yeah and it's it doesn't feel bad because i've probably played i'm not a huge rocket league player but i probably played a couple dozen hours of it at least and so i feel like i got the like 20 dollars or whatever i spent on it out mm-hmm. of it oh totally so, I'm no, afraid to look like, at the hour count on mine. I, uh, <laughs> I, I dumped away right. too much time into it. Uh, our next news story is Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is actively being developed. You'd hope so at this point. Uh, like they wrapped up on Final Fantasy, or they, you know, Final Fantasy Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake came out this year. But we're going to we're gonna have to replay the first Final Fantasy VII Remake by the time the second one comes out to remember all of the stuff that happened. Well, it's supposed to be smaller. So like maybe it won't be that long, but I watch a cutscene couple. Listen to our spoiler cast uh, to remember. It was a good, that was a good podcast. Uh, (laughs) The rest of them though. Go find that in our podcast. All garbage. Yeah. They were of mixed quality for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Some people Um, have the wrong opinion of that game. In my opinion, um, I'm just I'm surprised this is news because I thought it was in active development as soon as the first one came out. Yeah, that's I actually like I actually like burst out laughing in that like spit on my monitor screen way when I saw the tweet because I was like, what do you mean it's in active development now? (laughs) But there was some stuff like we're still trying to figure out what it is like as the game came out, like as the, you know, part one came out, there was some like. Oh, we got, you know, we're still evaluating like how long these things are going to be. And like, we're going to condense them to make them shorter and stuff. But now like, okay, it's like, it's been in pre-production, obviously, like they've been figuring stuff out. They've already got a ton of assets and mechanics and stuff like that. So it's building out the areas and getting acting and story stuff figured out. My thoughts on the heels of part one were. I hope it's not small because it really should be big and it would be cool if it were a big epic thing. And now I'm just like, just get it out. I don't give a shit. Make all it two hours long. All, all just of put that, the thing out. All of that. That's what she said. Yeah. And the part there that comes right after like Midgar isn't necessary. Like it's, you get the open world, but there's yeah. nothing like that yeah, we'll crazy there. There's like the big snake thing, but like, that's not too hard to do. I, I don't think get a chocobo. I don't 
I really hope that game comes out within two years, though. Because if it's another two. four years, like what? Mm-hmm. When? How? How is that series? Ever I, I think it's got to be like two years at yeah, most. I would hope. I would hope a year. Like I think that would be ideal. I, yeah, I mean you, that would be ideal, but will you it happen? Would hope, I think it'll happen. You would hope they would be able to build off the foundation of what they made with seven exactly. Accelerated, right. but. Given their history, scrapping all yeah. assets. I feel like yeah. we've been saying that for like the seven years at least that it's been since they announced. Hey, remember Final <laughs> Fantasy versus thirteen? I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, hey, that game came out. It did. Uh, next Good. up, Junji Ito, horror manga artist, and Hideo Kojima are working on a game together, or in talks, or are working. I don't know. I think it's that they're they're. Hideo talking. has maybe invited him to come in and do a thing, maybe. But he, he did scan like, his face into Death Stranding. It's yeah, true. Fuck, I want this so bad. I, oh, I, I have I have three <laughs> thoughts on it. One, that sounds rad as hell as a huge Junji Ito fan and, you know, fairly big Kojima fan these days. Sure. Two, I'm not confident this will ever actually happen. Three, I don't know if I want it because that is going to be a uh, upsetting, terrifying. Game to play. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's like I'm, I'm interested in it in theory, but I am not. I don't think I would have it in me to play it. To be honest, so this yeah. comes. This news comes from a Comic Con talk with Junji Ito, where he says Kojima is working on a horror game, and he has been invited to work on it. Uh, Junji Ito has been invited to work on it, uh, but he is not like committed or and there are no like official plans but yeah, yeah I, would, that, I would love I, to see it like um yeah. I, I know like in death stranding the like getting grabbed by the shadowy kind of stuff like sure like after a while it was kind of not scary but the first time you encounter it like the imagery oh and like just how visceral it is and just how scary the concept is like that was actually pretty freaky and like pt yeah. was really effective and i would love to see what those two could just do together because i imagine it would be nuts the Mm -hmm. only thing i worry about is both of them occasionally are willing to go in certain directions with body horror that i personally find um not just upsetting on a ooh that's creepy but also on a i don't think you should do that (laughs) level (laughs) so with their powers combined there is a piece (laughs) part of me that's like I don't know if I want to see the things you would do uh, in that area. All right. Fair so, By our powers combined, you are grossed the fuck out. So. Not just grossed out on a, ooh, that's a, that's a head that turned into a spiral, but grossed out on a, uh, this is problematic. There's a, there's a bomb Level. in that lady's vagina. Yeah, that's kind of the stuff uh, I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, what we need is a candle with three wicks. And one wick oh no. is Junji Ito, one wick is Hideo Kojima, and the third wick is the creator and writer of Made in Abyss. Oh, God. I'm, I'm not sure no. I'm down with that incantation. No. no. <laughs> Yankee Candle, I'm sending this back. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Speaking of sending things back, 
<laughs> send another fuck you back at Ubisoft. Why are we doing this? What what is it this time? Uh, there's lots of stuff, but I, mean, I just put it in there. Just general, like, I just saw it, yeah. and I was like, like I didn't know the, any context, and I was like, yeah, it's true. Uh, there, yeah. There, there have been more. <laughs> I mean, there's enough context, it gets, but it gets worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, they've been they've continued to be terrible. I don't think we even really need to talk about it. It's just kind no, of a fuck you Ubisoft I think at this we time. We need a standing fuck you to Ubisoft for the foreseeable future in the yeah. ways in which we have had fuck yous that have come up every week in the past. Uh, oh, they have at least uh, been excising the people who have been, uh, but that's so we, the bare minimum. So we don't have to get into it, but yeah. part of the problem this week is that they have not been excising people uh, okay. as well. <laughs> they have, and they haven't been. Okay. <laughs> well, last some really out of left field news. Absolutely. <laughs> Earth shattering, shocking, dogs and cats living together g4 is coming back in 2021 i mostly put it on the end of this list because this is kind of dumb but (laughs) it's baby yeah Uh, this kind of led to a lot of people going back and watching old g4 and being like oh this was kind of terrible oh (laughs) i i I have a lot of affection for it because i watched really a lot of g4 back um early sure. to mid 2000s like i i have like like the er, the early to mid 2000s in gaming i feel like i know the games so well even if i didn't play a lot of them because i just watched so much g4 yep. um yeah and i still have a lot of affection especially for like x play and stuff but some of the, some of the old g4 was like mm, not what they're Right, there like, was I a mean, lot that yeah. was like sexist jokes and yeah. all, oh, yeah. all sorts yeah. of tasteless. There, but let also preface, that soft spot in my heart for after-school programming. Let me preface this with this: this is not an excuse, but it's very much a product of its time. Well, especially uh, like with gaming and, culture, yeah. for sure. Well, sure. exactly. And if you if we go back to EGMs and and other gaming mags yeah. and stuff like that, it it is filled with that same kind of sensibility and i think it's a reflection of the market they were trying to adhere to which was young men and you know they didn't consider that maybe women and girls would like video games too and it's, so oh yeah yeah I think totally. part of to not to disagree but at the same time i think part of like one of the things that 2020 is really bringing to the forefront for a lot of people i think is that's true but also, it still sucked. Right. Right. Like I said, oh, it doesn't okay. It doesn't make it okay, and it should yeah, inform yeah. choices moving forward to make right. things better. And I don't right. think you're trying yeah. to excuse them either. But I think yeah. sometimes people who are actually who are operating in bad faith will sometimes say, "Well, product of its time," and it's like, "Well, okay." Right. But we also need to underscore that with that doesn't mean that it's like now you should enjoy it <laughs> because it was a product of its time, and it's okay to go back and say like. Now I will say out loud that a show called the International Sexy Ladies Show is a, is problematic, but I'm still gonna watch it and like it. Yeah, it was a product of its time. It's like no, fuck that. Yeah, they uh, really brand it like as time went on and the video game stuff became less profitable. They were just more and more like dude bro entertainment. Like, we, we got, weird dude bro yeah, entertainment and weird show. weird run like reruns of like cops. 
Yeah. What are they going to air? That that should have told us everything. Uh, Well, I mean, is Cheaters still on? Like, (laughs) Cops, Cheaters. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And so it's unclear if this is like an actual TV channel or if it's like a YouTube thing. What if it's coming? What if it's coming to this? Was it Kibi, Quibi? Maybe it's coming to that thing. We're assuming that Quibi is still going to be around in 2021 is a big <laughs> I am not. assumption. That'll be all that's uh, left in 2021. Cockroaches, Twinkies, and Quibi. They have re- they have confirmed that it is going to be web based and not an actual okay. yeah over yeah that would be in or, the, or like cable television uh, show an absurd notion of yeah. um, G four come back to TV in twenty twenty one yeah like, it'll like, be weird its target audience does not have cable anymore and I don't know what the, it'll be interesting to see like what their play is because if it's all new people like what was really the point of calling it G four yeah and if it's the older staff. I mean, you have people like Adam Sussler, who I don't want to see on a show I, now. I'm pretty sure um, that he's moved on. I know that, um, like, Morgan Webb's moved on. So, like, they've all kind of moved and, on. Like, I saw a news article recently that was, like, Olivia Munn talking about how she's the happiest she's ever been in her life. I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to go back to trying to eat hot dogs off of a fishing pole. No. Like, <laughs> we, it, God. Not, not to get more abstract into the societal stuff, but I, I think I think if G4 is used as a platform to prop up newer voices into the gaming community and more diverse voices. Totally. It, it could be a great resurgence. And I, and I hope that's what it turns into. Same for sure. Yeah. I think we do need to hold it to the standards of today and not just assume it's yeah. going, it's oh, going to, sure. it's not assume it's going to be what it was 15 years ago, but, right. but one thing yeah. that would be really super, super nice. And I know that I don't know if this will happen is if they could post like old episodes of X play and stuff on online because yeah, there's some sure. things that are, are on YouTube, but it's like, it's very sparse. And I'm just like, occasionally I get into that nostalgia where I'm just like, I just want to like, like sit around and watch like two hours of X play. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think if they Trojan, if they use it as a Trojan horse to get like diverse voices in front of people who would normally. Yeah. Be like that'd be really cool. Shitty. Then, then yes, that would, <laughs> that would be, that would be pretty good. Or. They do the video game Vixens show. Oh God! Second round. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, if it's the if that's the case, just roll the whole man away. Like just let's just <laughs> just bury it in the dirt, dump the yeah. body in the river, and be done with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll see in six to twenty, six to eighteen months. We'll see G four. Yeah. Uh, best of luck to the people involved. Hopefully they make something cool and interesting. Uh, with that, we're going to finally wrap this thing up. Just over three hours today. I think we did all right. Well, probably less than three hours if we cut off the beginning. I don't know. Uh, good job, everybody. Nice work on episode 131. Is that where we're at? That's the I'm one. Just, I'm, I'm out of it. 131 of the Gaming Fix podcast on July 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite Yankee Candle. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. If you head over there, you can follow me and find out when I go live on Twitch 
over the next like month and a half or so and start doing some stuff on youtube i don't know follow follow the podcast on twitter at fix podcasts and head over to podchaser.com slash gaming fix and leave us a review to help us improve so we can uh, give you the best show possible the one feedback we will not take is to make a shorter show we can't do it (laughs) impossible Impossible. at this point yeah cannot cannot be done we give ourselves that feedback all the time and we can't do it The the thing that amazes me is with six people, we still only hit three hours. So uh, we hit it with four people. We hit it with three people. We hit it with six people. I don't know what's. We just can't do. We just managed to like fill the time. Yeah. No matter who's on it. Well, we did talk about Yankee Candles for like twenty minutes. That's podcast. I think when we have like three people, we just get into more Jenny Nicholson style rants about just really obscure subjects. We, we, well, to be fair, going, this week you, you had a Yankee Tandle subject matter expert with you. So. That's true. That is true. We basically just go until Andre can't keep his eyes open anymore. That's sort of the goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's an endurance test. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, Joel. Where can people find you? No, this has been fantastic. So, uh, Myself and my co-hosts Alex and Daddy are part of a podcast called Super GG Radio. You can find us at uh, twitter.com slash super GG Radio. I think that's the URL. Uh, Twitch.tv slash super GG Radio, where we all sort of pitch in and do various different streams. Uh, I'll just plug mine because I'm selfish. Uh, my wife and I have been going through Chrono Trigger on Tuesdays. Uh, because uh, my wife is very inexperienced in video games, uh, and I want to share my interests with her, and I figured an RPG might be a good uh, way to ease into some of it. And uh, we're going to start doing Kingdom Hearts on tonight. Uh, Ooh. Saturday. Hell, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, I need to watch this. Well, uh, she will be playing it, and I will be helping where needed. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I... But, I I'm gonna watch that first game is rough. The first game is rough. Yeah, uh, you know, yes, it is. <laughs> it, it is very rough. We, we've done a few hours, and she loves it because of the integration of Disney, right? And uh, and uh, all those themes and worlds. And uh, I liked it because of Final Fantasy, and I hate it because of how it plays. But uh, you know, we're gonna tough through it together and try to get through the whole series. Everything you got to play it all. You got to play yeah. it all. There's no side games. You got to play it all. You got you got to play Phone Union game. Cross. You got to play Melody of Memory, Dark Road. Uh, well, I think we got the collections on PlayStation Three. I think those mm-hmm. come with some of the side stuff. I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure if we have. They ever come with that. all the. Con- so you have the PS3 versions, not PS4. Yeah, yeah PS3 oh. versions. Yeah. Uh, so I think I don't the know PS4 what versions have more. There's movies. There's a movie you have to watch. Oh my god! Oh, okay, so some somebody here send me the compendium. Uh, of, uh, actually, the PS4 you. version is on sale for like twenty bucks. Like the all-in-one version. So it's like every real? single game. Yeah, like one that, to that's, three. That's the one to play with. For like sure. all the side stuff is like twenty bucks right now on the summer sale. I think. Yep. Yep. Okay, I might double dip on that. And then. it has everything except way. the mobile games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it doesn't have three though, does it? It, no, no, it, it doesn't. does. It's, I believe it's the all-in-one. Let me double check. I don't right. think uh, so. But uh, the the don't worry. It doesn't have the mobile games, but it does have an hour-long movie you can watch to understand the plot of the mobile game, <laughs> which is actually integral to understanding what happens in Kingdom Hearts 3. 
So, oh my god, <laughs> good to know. Thank you for the forewarning. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Kingdom rips Hearts. ass. It's so good. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts all in one package includes Kingdom Hearts oh, HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remix, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, and Kingdom god. Hearts 3. Hmm, okay. Got for thirty yeah, dollars right now. Oh, that's right. so bad. That sounds like you're getting four games. You're actually getting eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> And, and like various movies. movies and cutscenes. Oh. Hashtag content. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> lots of it. It's like but yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Oh, today. Yes. It was great. It's great to have you. Thanks for being on. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays, and I'm trying to uh, have, a, have a half year's resolution to try to make more content for the podcast. Um, I unsuccessfully, just as I was starting to get my feet wet, wet with Mixer, they closed it. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to stream Facebook on Twitch gaming. or on no. YouTube. I will not be streaming on Facebook gaming. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'm going to do it through the the uh, the fix um, channel when I do. So um, just keep an eye out for our stuff. And yeah. Okay. Allison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Great. And Erica. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Erica, spelled A-I-R-E-H-C-U-H. Great. And finally, Alex, my boy, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me in the bathroom listening to Super GG Radio, which is an <laughs> NPR podcast. You can find them at superggradio.wordpress.com. You can email them at superggradio at gmail.com and listen to them on all of your favorite podcast apps. Also, it's like it's like our Alex told you that I didn't pick up the slack of plugging all our stuff. <laughs> I got you covered. Don't worry. Um, Thanks, buddy. And also, um, I think I'm I'm playing around with the idea of doing a coding fix podcast, be it series or a couple like mini things. We will see. Uh, so keep an eye out for that absolutely Uh, thanks for joining us once again everybody listeners and uh, people on the call alike I'll see most of you next week and I'll hear Joel in the near future good deal goodbye (laughs) bye everybody Bye. bye